Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, June 14th. We are here live. It's time for Destination Health. Uh, We don't really have a theme today. We don't have any guests. I have some things I want to talk about here at the open, Uh, but it is a true health free-for-all today. Jump in and join us. Phone lines are open right now, so start dialing 855-950-3835. Lauren is in the, well, she's not in the house with me here, but she's on the air with me here. (laughs) Lauren, good morning. I'm in my house. Yeah. Good morning, Kevin. If I would have said Lauren's in the house and people would have thought you were here and we we couldn't be much farther away and still be in the same country. I agree. We are on opposite sides. (laughs) Yes, we are opposite corners. Yes, opposite opposite corners. We'll take it. We'll take it that far even. (laughs) Yeah. So what's new and exciting with you this week? Well, you'll be happy to learn that last night I went to the grocery store and got some basil and cherry tomatoes. How exciting. And today, at some point, probably while we're chatting away, I will go ahead and start mixing my little uh, my little concoction so I can sit and ferment for a couple days. There you I'm go. I'm excited. Oh, you just wait. Yeah, this is, <laughs> it, it's, it's so weird to like bite into a cherry tomato, but get all of those flavors. I bet. You know, it, it, it in, sounds too good. I, I even took that same ferment. So the same brine, the garlic, the basil, everything. And I tried it on asparagus. Uh, the flavor doesn't come through. Wow. It does a little. Oh, really? Yeah, it does a little, but it there's something about the cherry tomatoes that just absorb that flavor. I almost wonder if they're actually pulling the brine inside the tomato. That's what I'm wondering too, because you know asparagus is super dense. It right. might be. I take quite some time. Yeah, so maybe that's it. I'm, I'm really excited. So yeah, maybe that is it. I should start playing around with other flavor combinations that go with tomatoes. Why not uh, like salsa flavors? Ooh, I like that idea. Have little salsa. You already make an effervescent. Salsa. Yeah, have like little salsa flavored cherry tomatoes. That sounds great. I know. I just thought about that. What else could we do? Because I think that's the key. I think these tomatoes are actually pulling the brine inside, and that's why you get so much of the flavor. Whereas other vegetables, they probably don't pull it inside, so you're only getting a little bit of it. I think that's maybe the difference. Yeah, I think also because tomatoes are full of so much water naturally, and, yeah. you know, most other denser vegetables don't have quite the, the, you know, the amount of liquid within. Right. So that would make sense kind of using all that liquid. And it's just kind of when you, when you take a bite, it sounds like it kind of pops and gushes. Oh, it right? does. Yeah, it does. It's like a, a little party in your mouth that just explodes. <laughs> That's awesome. It's kind of fun. I'm excited to try it. I know. So it's interesting you brought up fermenting. We didn't plan on this, but that really was my topic this morning. I've really, oh. I've really kind of settled into this way of eating. I've referred to it before as fermented carnivore. And I've kind of been tweaking. And so here's kind of the way I eat right now. You know, it's almost like 
We need another word for carnivore, although fermented carnivore could work. Carnivore means you're eating animal products only. You're eating meat. I mean, that's what carnivore means. And very, very few people are going to be true carnivore. So there's a lot of other food in my diet other than just the animal products, but they're very specific and they're there for a reason. And, you know, it's been years of trying different things and testing things that I kind of just settled on this and I'm really liking it. So it's, it's, I would say 90% of the food I eat is carnivore, is, is meat, mm-hmm. fish, dairy, cheese. Uh, I would say about 90%. The rest I really focus on fermented, try to get fermented food in every day and you know, fermenting new stuff and trying new ferments. So a lot of fermented food, which really goes well mm. with good fatty meat anyway. You know, nothing's better than I, I, with, you know, like a good fatty short rib, but then that fat can almost get overwhelming while you're eating it, kind of coats your palate a little bit. So I use like kimchi or, or ferments at that point, it's like a palate cleanser almost. Yeah, definitely. Kind of like resets the taste buds in a way. Yeah, the acid kind of cuts the fat a little bit. And, you know, really what we're talking about is a vinaigrette, right? A vinaigrette is just fat and acid. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what we're doing here. Fatty meat, acidic, fermented foods. It's, It's a really good. And most cultures eat their fermented foods as condiments, which is what I do. I don't sit down to a big plate of fermented food, but I I use small amounts along with the animal and the fatty foods that as like that palate cleanser, that balance. And I just think that uh, bacteria is everything. I mean, it it, in the garden and our bodies and it's just we had no idea how important all this bacteria was to life itself. I know. There's yet so much still to learn as well. Uh, exactly. That's yeah. Exciting. And, <laughs> you know, we know that cultures, lots of cultures had fermented products. Some cultures were heavy on fermented dairy. Um, other cultures are heavy on fermented vegetables. Virtually every culture around the world had some sort of fermented product that was a pretty big part of their diet. Uh, Asians, it's a lot of kimchi, you know, Eastern Europeans, sauerkraut, which is just their version of kimchi. Uh, Some of the middle uh, European countries were big into fermented dairy. The thing is, when you look at these cultures, they were always healthy. The the fermented dairy is kind of interesting because technically we don't look at dairy as a true hunter-gatherer food. But fermented dairy has been a, a big part of a lot of cultures, and you can see the health benefits from it. So, and then here's the other thing. Even if we go back to prior to having these cultures that had these, you know, fermented foods, without refrigeration, I have a feeling almost all the food we would eat was somewhat fermented. You know, it's it, without... I know. Without refrigeration, if food is just out, unless we're killing it and eating it right then or picking it and eating it right then, at some point it probably started to ferment some. And we probably Mm -hmm. got, and 
we weren't hyper sanitizing everything. So we that's probably why even hunter-gatherers, if they didn't have a fermented food, they were probably still exposed to about a hundred times more bacteria than we are today. Yeah, that's a good point. So I think the fermentation and not is... To mention, oh, go ahead, yeah. Well, I was going to say, not to mention, you know, the the bacteria and the soils. We, we have completely stripped the soil. You talk point. about it a lot with gardening of all these bacteria. And I think a lot of people don't realize that about 80%, maybe even a little more, of all antibiotics that are developed are going to our animal, our animals. So if you can imagine, everything is getting killed in their gut. Oh, yeah. So when they actually, you know, do, you know, go to, to the bathroom, usually that's supposed to be mixing into the soil, creating this whole, you know, moving the microbiome of their insides into the soil, which then transfers on in in and onto the vegetables and into us. And Good it's that point. whole broken cycle that we were missing these days. We, yeah, you're right. We've even sanitized the soil, mm-hmm. which is a really, really bad idea. Um, I, you know, I, I, yeah. I don't know if um, you saw it or not. I posted some pictures of the garden yesterday. Uh, late last night, actually, I was yes. still up working. Did you see how much the cabbage grew in three weeks? Yes. Isn't it that is crazy? Unbelievable. I mean, it really, I mean, to me it is, but I also don't know how quickly cabbage typically grows, uh, it, but it is it, amazing. It, in the right <laughs> conditions, cabbage can grow fast, but I've never seen it grow like that. And the only real difference <laughs> is the soil. Nothing else has changed from yeah. this year to last year, except I continue to work on that soil. And my soil now is loaded with stuff. It's loaded with worms. It's loaded with mushrooms. It's, it's just, it, it's alive and it looks different and it feels different and it smells different and things just grow like crazy. This is by far the best onion harvest I have ever gotten. I am just blown away by the onions this year. And I think I have about 300 and some altogether. Wow. But my goal is to try to grow enough onions to, make, to last all year. I mean, if you store onions properly and you use them in the right order, you should use your sweeter onions first. They don't last as long. The more pungent an onion is, the longer it will store because it's the the chemical, comp- the sulfur compounds in onions that protect the onion from rot. So the, the more sulfur is in an onion, the stronger tasting it's going to be. But that also means that will store a lot longer. You know, I never realized that, and that makes complete sense. Yeah, the mild sweet onions, like here, you know, you would be used to uh, Vidalia's as the sweet onion because they're grown in Vidalia, Georgia. That's where they're from. Uh, For us, Mm -hmm. when we grow sweet onions, we grow Walla Wallas. They're from Walla Walla, Washington, and they're called Walla Walla Sweets. So I have some of those. Those will only store about three months. So they're sweet, they're mild, they don't have that high sulfur content. Uh, so you can get about three months out of those stored, right? So I'll use all those first, and then you move on to okay. the stronger onions. And the stronger they are, the longer they'll store. Huh. So cool. if, if I pull off the onions, I've already got enough garlic for a year. 
Um, onions for the year, certainly tomato products. My God, last year's harvest gave us enough tomato products for about five years. And this year I'm going to have that same harvest or maybe bigger. Last year I got my tomato plants started late. Uh, this year I've got them in the ground really early. I started them in the grow house. I've transferred them multiple times. And when you transfer tomatoes, the trick is every time you move it from its seed pod to its first cup, even then I trim off those two bottom leaves. They're gone. And then I bury it just a little bit deeper. The next time it comes out of a cup, I trim all the leaves except maybe three or four stems at the top. And then I bury it right down to the the top again. So now I've got these big healthy tomato plants the the stems are about the size of your thumb the base of the stem and the root ball is like more than a foot deep wow yeah pretty amazing so they're awesome tomato plants they're really good for me here because of all the wind we have to deal with here so i'm creating kind of these short sturdy plants i'm doing the same things with my peppers So I I kind of force them to grow this way. I put the lights down real close to them and they won't grow up to touch the lights. They'll start to bush out instead. Uh And then I put them in real deep cups. So the growth goes to the roots and they bush out. They don't get so tall. It's almost like I'm creating a hybrid. I didn't know it was as easy. Yeah, it sounds like it. And question, I mean, I have always found that tomatoes are pretty high maintenance plants. They are. For instance, the pinching and all of that, I just, I've had a hard time keeping up with it. So is there a way to just grow them without all that maintenance? It's like so much work. They will grow. You won't get the yield. Too much, tomatoes tend to put way too much energy into foliage, more than they need. So by the time they finish growing all of that foliage and they start working on the, the fruit, You're just not going to get as much fruit. So what you want to do, if you start to like study tomato plants, you can tell which branches will put off fruit and which won't. Like you've heard of the suckers, right? You're supposed to pinch the suckers. And suckers are easy to identify. If you've got a branch coming off the main stalk and right at the corner of that branch, another branch starts upwards, that's a sucker. Just cut it. It's never going to produce fruit. It won't flower ever. It will produce a lot of foliage. So you might as well just get rid of those. That's an easy one to get rid of. Then I tend to get rid of all the lower branches. And and I because they'll, they'll grow right down to the ground if you let them. And you don't want them touching the ground mm-hmm. anyway. That's where they can pick up more bugs, more fungi, more diseases from the soil itself. So I prune all the suckers, I prune a lot of the bottom, and then I just tend to thin out through the year. So if you want really good, healthy tomato plants that produce a lot, you can't get away from the pruning. Maybe the most important thing you could do to your plants. So I I just- I feel like it's almost every day. uh, About once a week. Now, when I'm moving them from their seed cup to their first cup to their second cup, sometimes their third, and then going into the ground, every time I do that, that's when I prune. Okay. You're already working with the plant anyway, and it only takes a couple seconds to prune it each time you move it. 
And then if when you do get it into the ground, it's going to need a lot less pruning. Once a week or so is, is more than enough on tomatoes. Yeah, I can probably usually go two weeks. Oh, two weeks. Okay. I felt like I had to keep up with it just every few days, and it seemed like a lot of work. No, you know, <laughs> in, in two weeks, if a sucker did start to form, by the time I get to it, it might be four or five inches long. Eh, I don't care. It's not that big of a deal. Cut it off. So you don't have to be right Maybe. on top of it, especially if, like I said, you start early. You know, you do it as you transfer yeah. each time and much, much easier to deal with that way. And then once it's in the ground, it doesn't need nearly as much. Yeah, maybe I was I would get a little um, confused when the suckers got longer, like, oh, well, maybe this one should stay. No, just you cut know? them off. And cut them off. I, I've had okay. I, I've missed them every now and then. And all of a sudden I'll look at a plant and I'll go. Holy shit, how did that sucker get to be two feet long? I mean, it's as big as the rest of the plant. <laughs> uh, you just miss them once in a while. Uh, but I, it, when I find them, I cut them. I don't care how big they are. Okay. Good to know. If you did that alone, if you just trim the suckers and they're easy to recognize and the lower branches, like um, I'll take as much as the lower third off. Okay. Wow. That's a pretty decent amount. It, it but is. But you're right. You know, they, flashing of the water and soil coming they, up, it doesn't it affect the health? It does. And those branches always tend to curl down towards the ground. I've used plant benders to bend them back up. And I'm like, why am I messing with this? Just cut them off. They never produce anything anyway. And it, it's, it. you only need enough foliage for the plant to absorb enough sunlight to do what it needs to do. And on tomatoes, you can easily take off a third or a fourth. If I count the suckers and the bottom branches and some of the other things, I, over the life of the plant, I probably get rid of a quarter of its foliage. Wow. And it, I feel like it's also good to not have it being so bushy towards yes. the soil because for ventilation I feel like everything yep. needs to breathe a little better yep got it you know we have to remember that tomatoes okay. are not really natural plants we created all these tomatoes and you know we, we create them and sometimes they're not ideal They most of the tomatoes I find just grow way too much foliage they just don't need all that mm-hmm. yeah well, that, would, that makes sense for sure so you know the, I, I'll probably talk about the fermented carnivore diet again sometime but it so well let me just do the short version so about 90% animal products uh, a lot of fermented foods like daily and mm-hmm. fruit um, not fermented is I, I, I eat fruit every day right now about the only fruit I'm eating is berries because they're coming out of my garden fresh mm-hmm. so talk about you know fresh and in season that's one of the ways we should be eating because that's how hunter-gatherers ate. Uh, I'm eating for the last probably seven days or so, maybe eight days, I've eaten a full pint of strawberries every night. Wow. Yeah, just <laughs> strawberries and whipped cream, which is really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Strawberries and whipped cream I, almost every I night. I assume you make your own whipped cream. Uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well... Lisa usually makes it, but yeah, it's it's homemade um, and and almost zero sugar. She puts a little bit of maple sugar in the whipped cream and that's it. The berries are so sweet mm-hmm. right now, but the, you know, strawberries are 
fairly easy to grow most of the time. They grow wild in a lot of places. I have some wild strawberries in my garden. That they're, they're a wild variety, but I planted them in there. And then I have, you know, the hybrids, so you get big juicy berries and that kind of thing. But it's really not that easy to start them from seed. And that's what I did. But I started these plants two years ago. I had them in the grow house for almost six months to get them up to enough, a, a big enough size that I could take them out and plant them. That's how long it took in the grow house. And then it took two that years before they really started to produce, but now they are producing like crazy. And these are just some of the best strawberries I've ever tasted. They, you, When you walk up to the strawberry plants, you start to smell strawberries. That's how good these are. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's and then uh, amazing. just and you know, about the you time. You say they're fairly easy, but, but they're also one of the top on the dirty dozen list. Yeah. Why would so, that be? <laughs> well, to grow them, to grow these kind of hybrid, big, plump, you know, strawberries that people want uh, requires a lot of chemicals mm -hmm. or or a oh. lot of the work you do for regenerative which is what, you know, but here I am three, like the third year and I'm just starting to get berries. This is like the third season and I'm just starting to get berries and they're big, but they're not as big as what you see in the grocery stores. But you know what? When you bite into okay. them, they, they don't look like white styrofoam inside either. I, oh, and the ones in the stores I, most of the time have no flavor. Nothing. They look like white styrofoam inside, and they have—they look beautiful when they're sitting there. Nice deep red berries, and they're big. And you bite into them; they're just awful. It's kind of like tomatoes today. Right. It, to compare that to to yeah. mine, it's not even close. Uh, just about the time the strawberries will stop producing, and I still have several more weeks, um, the raspberries will be hitting. I have a couple of big raspberry bushes that already have berries on them. So those will be ready. Blueberries will be ready about that same time. So my fruit during the winter tends to be like apples and bananas. Those are kind of my favorites in the winter when I'm not growing anything. But all summer, it's, it's berries and whipped cream. Oh, I love that. And then one other component I've been that eating I... A lot of berries. Yeah, one other component I want to get into my diet on a pretty regular basis, at, one, at least once a week... Uh, it was just a good starch, and I tend to use white rice, or I'll do something with cassava flour. Uh, I, I, I just kind of think that this may get us really close to what the hunter-gatherer diet was, minus the dairy. Yeah, and when, when you say starch, so you do white rice every so often, do you ever do potatoes and cool them? I know you grow potatoes, right? Or those you're right. potatoes? No, that you're right. That it, at some point I do eat potatoes, not nearly as much as I do rice, though. Potatoes, we still have the issue of okay. we have to be careful with potatoes and high oxalates. Yeah, especially the sweet potatoes. Uh, yeah, and, and I am growing sweet potatoes this year, and I absolutely love them. So they'll be a part of my diet, but only when they're ready. You know, which isn't. It's not till October. I mean, I'm not going to have any sweet potatoes till October. Uh, and then I usually have wow, enough that I can store them and they last about three or four months. So during that time when I'm eating more sweet potatoes, I'll cut back on some other high oxalate food. Got it. That, so that I, makes sense. You got to find balance. It's called I, balance. I, I've actually found balancing out the oxalates was not that hard at all. In fact, it's really simple. Um, I, I don't feel like I've had to give up much. I just kind of spread them out a little bit. 
not eat, you know, two or three high oxalate foods in the same day. Uh, so it, it, this really seems to be working out well for me. I love this way of eating. I feel good. It's easy. Uh, a lot of fresh stuff. So I'm really happy with where I've settled on the diet. Yeah. You know what else I've kind of settled yeah. on? Um, and I realize this, I talk about it all the time, that I'm terrible at taking supplements. For me, supplements are almost always just testing. You know, I, I try something. Does it work the way it's supposed to? If it does, great. If it doesn't, let's find something else. And then I move on. I, I don't take 90 some percent of the supplements in our store. I have taken almost all of them at some point. Uh, and at some point I might need mm -hmm. them. But right now eating this way, I've really settled on there are three supplements that I take every day. Uh, and I don't see why I would change because I feel much better. Oh, no, I'm sorry, four. I forgot about one. So four. Uh, four daily supplements for me, um, and they all go in a beverage. So I don't have to think oh. about taking them. So in the morning, in my coffee, I get the vitamin D and the light balance, which is a mineral replacement. I, it just yep. always feel better when I'm taking a mineral replacement. It doesn't seem to matter how clean I eat, how high the quality is. The mineral replacement always makes me feel better. So the vitamin D and the mineral replacement in the morning, the, I, I guess I could kind of consider the brain octane a supplement. It seems more like a food to me, but I guess we use it more like a supplement. So maybe I am, now I'm up yeah. to five a day. I didn't realize that, but I love, love I don't my, know if you my brain it octane. Nah, it, it's really more like a food, but yeah, we'll call it a supplement. So, and then the cardio miracle. So is that the yep. five? Yeah. And that's it. So the, what about magnesium? Oh, magnesium I do. I've found that I can do it about three times a week, and, and that seems to be enough. I don't have to do it every day. So And I don't, like, schedule okay. it. I just kind of, you know, once in a while I think, oh, I haven't thrown any. And I mix the magnesium into my cardio miracle. That's the way it tastes the best anyway. So I'll just kind of keep it in the back of my mind. Yeah, I haven't taken the magnesium for a couple of days. I'll throw it in today. Got it. I think that's a good way to do it. And to be honest, there isn't a supplement. I mean, even people who do take supplements, I feel as though we should cycle on and off of things. So, and switch it up like yeah. we do with the probiotics. Yeah. Um, when people need probiotics, you switch that up because you don't want your body to get used to the same thing day in, day out. Not a bad idea. So one of the things we're looking at, we're looking at kind of formalizing a trio of products for the day, a trio of supplements that I think would help everybody. So that we'll be talking more about that. I really don't have a lot to report on that right now, but that's something that I'm, I'm working on. It's just kind of almost standardize those, tweak them a little bit. There are some things we might want to do different on a couple of those products. So we're working on some ideas um, one more thing, and then we'll get to the calls. We've had a lot of people on hold waiting. Uh, you've heard me talk about the show alone, right? Yes, definitely. Have you, have you watched it yet? I've watched a few episodes. Okay, good. Just good. a few episodes. I haven't, yeah, I haven't gotten too into it, but so, yes, I think it's a pretty good show. So right now, there's a new season out. Only one episode's been released. you got to oh. watch this one. This okay. season is going to be insane. I almost wonder... If it wasn't for the place that they are, 
it's so extreme. I may have predicted, and I may even now, I may have predicted it may not end. Like these people that the 10 that are here, they've taken this to a new level. Many of these people live this way. Oh. One of the guys. Is it Alaska? <laughs> one, no, it's worse. They're actually in a place called Reindeer Lake in uh, Saskatchewan, I think. The, oh. the, the average winter temperatures, like minus 40. Oh, my average? I think. I didn't it, know that it was. was- a real thing. Maybe it's not. Maybe I um maybe I dreamt that. It's really really cold though. This is a really extreme place and it's a little <laughs> different this time. Reindeer Lake is like some huge 20,000 acres, I don't know. Really really big. Each person is on their own island in the lake. Wow. This lake has a gazillion islands in it, and each person, they're, they're scattered. They'll never see each other. And that's every episode. Nobody ever sees each other. They're way too far apart. And you, remember, there are no film crews. These people have to do all their own filming. They are out there on this island alone. That's the name of the show. But like oh. one of the contestants, his parents are like, and I don't remember their name, but I've heard of them before. They wrote like 10 books on bushcraft and survival. They were like the godfather and mother of of outdoor survival this guy grew up like this i love that that's so cool they i think two people at least one the first episode i was kind of dozing on and off as i was watching i think i'm gonna go back and rewatch it at least one and i think maybe i saw two they whittled a working rod and reel what yes Oh, with a reel? A reel. And it works. Somebody, the first guy caught a fish on it within about a half hour of, of whittling it and going out and fishing. He caught a nice size, as a lake trout, I forget what it was, but it was a nice size fish and a reel. He can actually reel it in with this thing. They whittled it. Oh my gosh. I didn't even, know. I just wouldn't think that'd be very, I mean, possible, yes, but not easy for sure. No, that's what I mean. They, they, cool. they, one guy built his own raft, so he can. Then he, he, they, we, he weaved his own fishing net, and he found this spot where it's like a little channel between two body or two little pieces of land, and he put it there because, and right away he started catching fish in his net, and he can just go out with his raft and get them. So uh, there's moose on these island islands. There are bear. There are grouse everywhere. People have already been killing grouse. So mm-hmm. between the fact that they have such crazy skills and there seems to be a lot of food around, I'm thinking, what's going to end this one? Other than maybe the yeah. really extreme winter temperatures. One woman, though, is, is she's By already started on, she is building a full-blown log cabin and the logs are so tight that I'd like to live in this thing. <laughs> well, where are they finding these people these days? It's like they're they're designed for this show. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of become a phenomenon where these people that, you know, do live like this or have these kind of skills, they're the ones going, you know, to this show now. Whereas in the beginning, you had some so, of those. And, you know, a lot of people were like hunting guides and things like that. But... This this season is a whole new level of skill. Very neat. By the way, I checked the the lowest temp on Earth, and 
I'm shocked. There's a place in Siberia where it dips down on average minus 49 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> has hit a low average. of minus 90. Oh, yeah, average. Oh, oh. Minus 96.16 Fahrenheit. Oh, man. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, so you know, I, 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 I don't know. I kind of have to. I have to bite my tongue a little because I anyone who talks about cryo, I'm like, yeah, but cryo is, yes, okay, it, it's a thing. It's like a cold temp thing. It's, you know, I guess you can compare it to, you know, uh, the cold showers and things like that, cold plunge. But it is entirely too cold. Where on earth would you ever get to that, you know, temperature? Which now I, I'm shocked to see that. But, yeah, I guess there's a place. That has dipped as low as almost a hundred, a negative a hundred degrees. That's wild. <laughs> that is wild. It is. Uh, I just looked it up. I'm trying to find it here. Uh, in February, temperatures hover around minus six Celsius, and at night, uh, minus fifteen Celsius. Wait, remind me, how do we find out Fahrenheit? Isn't it like two and a half or something? You double it and then, I don't remember, but it's it's much colder. Well, then I'm not even sure if it even works the same once you go below zero. But I have a feeling minus six Celsius is pretty cold. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah, so it's this. I think it's going to be a really interesting season. I think the only thing that's going to get some of these contestants either something that makes them really sick, and that happens, uh, or it's just the the cold itself is going to force people out. Because these people, when I see what they're capable of, and I see all the the one guy got a a, a grouse within like five minutes of they they take him out there either in a helicopter or a boat. I think he was. I think it was a helicopter this time. The helicopter left five minutes later. He's got a grouse. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And then one. How did he get the grouse? Almost everybody takes a bow and arrow now as one of their 10 items. That never used to be that common. And now it's almost everybody has a bow and arrow, which is a really good tool. They kill a lot of stuff. They're crazy skilled with them, too. Um, You know, they'll be looking. Uh They'll be like, oh, see that grouse up in the tree? And I'm like, no, I can't see it at all. And the next thing you know, it falls out of the tree because they just shot it with an arrow. <laughs> Love it. The one guy, um, he's got his arrow and you're, they're only allowed, or he has his bow, they're only allowed nine arrows. That's it. So if, if one of your items is the bow and one is the arrows, you get nine arrows. So they're really, really careful about shots they take Ooh. because if they miss, they want to know where that arrow might go and how easy is it going to be to find it again. One guy, first day, he's just off the helicopter. He sees a bear. So he goes after the bear. He's going to kill the bear with the bow and arrow. Now, these aren't compound bows either. These are simple bows. But he's going after the bear, and he's going to kill the bear with the bow, and he's stalking him through the woods, and he gets there, and he's got a shot on the bear, and he reaches back, and his quiver's gone. His quiver fell off the bow. Uh, and now he has no arrows. He he's the guy freaked out. He's like, "This is the biggest mistake of my life." Oh, so the thing. the previews for the next episode, you see a short piece of him whittling arrows and shooting one 
and and like celebrating like it's going to work. Oh, man. I, it's just it, yeah, it's crazy. All right, I could talk all day. Let's uh, let's bring some uh, callers in because they've been patiently waiting. Terrence, welcome. What's up? What's up, Kevin? What's up, Lauren? You know, you know, I know it'll take those those ones out on that thing. It's going to either be a moose or a bear. Someone's going to oh, make a it, stupid mistake, and I know they, they won't put that on TV. But 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 there's no way if they're on it. Think, think about it. They're on an island, and it's going to get that cold. Where are you going? How? Eventually, they're going to have a, an, 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 you know. A, face-to-face with one of those two things. Oh, yeah. They already are. I mean, I'm shocked at just the first episode how much wildlife they've already seen. Crazy. All right, so I I love the pictures of the garden, Gavin. That was great to see that. (laughs) Especially the wild parsley. (laughs) (laughs) The wild parsley, yeah. I, uh, I, I, uh, I tried to do a video like I was doing last year. The wind has been so so crazy this year. I need to finish up in the garden so I can get out on the river and take advantage of all this wind we've had. I'm fighting it in the garden like crazy. I, I need to get out on the river and enjoy it. Um, so where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, I was trying to make the video, but the wind's too loud. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to turn the sound off, go shoot the video, and then I'm going to have to bring it back inside and narrate it then. Narrate it? Yeah, I usually do it while I'm walking around, but it's just not going to work with this wind. I have all kinds of great mics. Uh, Well, part of the problem is none of my mics will work with my phone. It's jacked. I'm waiting on my new one still. So I may just go out and film a video and then bring it back in and narrate it. No, it was really cool. So, like, Kevin, like... I noticed, like, you had some raised bed and then some in the ground. Like, where, where I live in South Carolina, they obviously, it was built, you know what I mean? And they made it, like, they added soil to it. I don't, I, that's why I want to do raised beds. I don't want to put, I don't want to make my soil out of that, God knows what's in it. I mean, most of it's, the fill they use is, is natural. I mean, it's from the existing soil around there, but God only knows what could be in there from so when they started building you know i don't worry too much about that nature takes care of that stuff over time if there's not a consistent okay. source of contamination that's happening constantly i i don't worry about it so and you know i've always okay. complained about our soil up here i thought it was awful turns out it's really not one problem is you got to get rid of the rocks. There are lots and lots of rocks. Everything from, you know, softball size rocks to uh, smart car size rocks. I'm not kidding. We, we've got some monsters <laughs> here. Um, we ran into one when we were trying to pour a driveway that was so big, uh, I wouldn't even bother getting an estimate trying to get it out. We kind of poured around it. It's the concrete's probably a little thin in that spot where it peaks, but uh, there was no way I was going to try to get it out. Um, once you get the rocks wow. out, the only real problem with it, it's actually a nice start to soil. There's no clay at all. Clay's like horrible in a garden. It is a very sandy, loose, well-draining soil. The problem is it drains too fast. So all it's really taken to improve my soil incredibly, I didn't have to start with a bunch of new soil. I've been able to turn my native soil into really good stuff. You just have to keep adding a lot of organic material, a lot of, you know, shredded bark, um, compost, manure. And all of a sudden that soil that I used to think was horrible, 
uh, is now really good. And a lot of the soil in the south is very sandy, not clay. And that's just a better way to start. It's much easier to work with. So right. why, why do I do yeah, raised like beds what they did. and why do I plant some in the ground? Uh, mostly space. If, if I really want to maximize space, you, you plant in the ground. I, I can get way more stuff. The raised beds themselves waste a lot of space. So why do I use them at all? Because I can put even more loose, really, really loose soil in the raised beds. And then things like my onions. My onions look like they're going to get significantly bigger in the raised beds than they did in the soil in the ground. And they, the ones in the ground are coming out first and they are fantastic. But the ones coming out of the raised beds are going to be even bigger. So root vegetables tend to grow really well in that nice loose soil of the raised bed. Okay. Yeah, because like I said, I don't, I mean, I, I'm more worried about like uh, rabbits and stuff like that. But I just didn't want to go in. But the problem too is I put a pool in. So they dug the pool out and then the knuckleheads that when they did the pool, they didn't grade it right. And then I brought some. Buffoon landscape is in there. That they, I, I got Kevin. I got screwed on half the shit I did. I'm so. You know what? I really. I'm at a point now, Kevin. Where I'm, and I hate to be that. I've never not was that person. I'm disgusted with people's work, like work ethic. Oh, I am and, too. And you can I, do absolutely. all the research. You can do all the research you want. You can do all the research you want. And you know what? It's just like. And, you know, I, I try to be a better person, man. Because years ago, somebody screwed me like that. It, it was a problem. I would go fly off the handle and end up getting myself in trouble or, you know, create more problems for myself. Yeah. And, and I don't, I'm trying not to be like that anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go through life like that. You know, so it's I, just, it, and, 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 and then when they say something, you start, you, I'm saying, am I, am I nitpicking? No, I'm just, I'm just fed up. You know, I, it's like crazy. I, I have a ton of projects around the house that I'd like to just get done. I'm willing to spend the money. I'm not trying to cheap out on it. My only problem is I can't find the people that I want to do the work. I have a, a master yep. carpenter who's now become a really good friend of mine. He's got a full-time job, though. So he, he works for me quite a bit, but it, his time is very, very limited. And right now he's been really busy with a lot of stuff, so he hasn't done anything in about three weeks, which is fine. But I, I just let this stuff wait till he can get to it. I have plumbing projects. I need to find right, a right. really good plumber and I have electrical, but the plumber and the electrician that I had are so busy that I can't ever get them over here. And the people you can get here, I just don't want here. I, I'm in the same boat. Right, yeah. So, you know, what's weird too is my brother, uh, he lives up in uh, New Jersey and he's, he, he works in local three union. He's an electrician. So I had a guy there yesterday because I put a pool heater in and, um, he, 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 I, I told him. I told him what I wanted. He's like, "Well, I can't do that." I'm like, "Well, can you tell me why?" So he basically wanted to, you know, charge me more money for more wire. And I'm like, "Now I'm out on the road." I'm like, "I knew what he what he could do." Right. Basically, he just, you know, charged me for something that he really didn't have to do. And I'm like, I get home and I'm like, I'm looking at him, going, <laughs> "I know." But it's uh, it's it's just it's it's it's, just, it's the worst. Enough with the Debbie Downer stuff. So I'm not. So anyway, here's my other question. My brother, speaking of my brother, he um he went for a uh, he got shot. He was shot back in 1979 or whatever. Got shot like three times, small caliber, but you know he survived obviously. And he's always had stomach issues because they cut part of his intestine out and you know and then healing it and all that. But he went in the hospital with stomach issues, and then they then they start. Of course, once he gets in there, they start searching. They claim he's got high blood pressure, blah, 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 all this stuff. Long story short, 
He calls me, he goes, yeah, I didn't want to put a synth in me. I said, why? And he told me because of what his heart. I was like, all right, rethink that. So he's told me he wanted to hold off on it. But now what they did was the, 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 the same thing with the uh, high cholesterol. So I said to him, I said, well, you ask him. So I told him about the high particles, you know, right. dense particles and all that. Nothing. Doctor didn't. He said, when I asked that, the doctor looked at me and he goes, why are you, the doctor asked, this is what the doctor said to him. Why are you asking me this? Uh, yeah. My brother is worse than I am. He said. He said because he he, he dropped the f bomb because because I effing want to know and exactly. I need to know why you put me on this effing Lipitor. And the doctor goes, "Don't worry about it. everybody's on it." So I kind of got him. Wow. He's leaning. Yeah, it's and, and it's a shame because he was in the union. So you go through these. You know what I mean? You got to go through the certain doctors and all that shit. Yeah. And it's just. And and so I, I'm I'm what I'm trying to get him to do is to uh, go do a neutral Q and then do a discovery call because yeah. it's he, yeah he's just he's a mess because you know my mom he's like been through a lot and again you know that stress will do it to you but just but when he told me that I was like I was I was like give me to go or tell the doctor you can talk because I wanted to say the same thing to the guy who but who who says that who who can look a patient in the eye or any anything whatever thing if you don't have the answer for him and who, who's got the audacity to say that and, i know and think that that's I, okay you know uh, well it, it, we have <laughs> we have created a system where doctors are like god and they don't like to be questioned yeah man all right so lauren when you do uh do the i heard i heard I'm kind of caught in between so you did do the um the tomatoes I have all right. the ingredients. I have okay. all the ingredients. Uh, and at some point today when we're on one of the shows, I'm going to walk into the kitchen and start concocting. All right. <laughs> you just, just wait until you get them, and then you'll, you'll know why we're raving about them. Uh, yeah. I know. I'm so yeah. excited about this. <laughs> all right. I'll let, I'll let someone else get in. Oh, no, another quick cardio miracle update. So now my fiance has been on it now for almost a month. And now she's down to 122 over 80 because she works in the ER and takes it all the time. So excellent, excellent. Might have a Love bunch that. of believers in that in that place. Good. Yep. Might have a bunch of believers in there once she because everyone. And like I said, I I'm trying to divert everybody to the store. So yeah. But we'll see how that goes over. So keep, keep it up. All right. Well, let's do what I Keep preaching the gospel. Let's go to Tennessee. Ilya, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How's it going? Good. What's on your mind today? Well, real quick first about the last conversation about questioning doctors. Uh, I have a friend that, uh, like, when the, all this COVID stuff was starting and with the vaccine or whatever, like, before there was even really anyone questioning it, I was having a, just a conversation with him about it. I was like, ah, I don't know, like, kind of came out to her, let's see what happens kind of thing. And uh, his girlfriend, like, works in the medical field or whatever, and her health isn't good. And basically his response to me because of that was, well, the doctor says take the vaccine, so you don't you don't question it. You just take the vaccine. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Crazy. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I was originally calling about this whole Ozempic thing. Um, did you ever hear about, like, how these kinds of, like, trends or whatever originally started? Uh, not, I don't think specifically. No, I mean, I've heard, you know, people started saying they were taking it originally for their diabetes and then they started noticing they were losing weight 
and then the celebrities got on board, and that's when things take off. But that that's all I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like kind of along those lines. Uh, like the saying uh, a lot of people say is like what the rich nerdy guys are doing is what, like health-wise is what's going to be popular in like two to five years about. That's kind of like what happened with like paleo and keto. And then, like, the aura rings and all that stuff. And then Ozempic is, like, what they were talking about, like, a couple years ago. So now, uh, you know what they're talking about now? Those same people? Uh, The latest on Ozempic, it's now being looked at to help with addiction issues. (laughs) Yeah, and then, so now, also, these same people are now talking about taking metformin along the, like along with Ozempic to prevent like I guess spiking blood sugar or whatever but like these are people that have no need for it they're not overweight just to like they say so, it's to prevent like aging right metformin is now being looked at to uh, to help with the aging process and there is some evidence that it works so here's what I would start looking at, and there's research that shows the exact same thing. Berberine will do that too. Berberine seems to be very, very similar to metformin, but it's completely natural. It's not a toxic pharmaceutical. It doesn't cause cancer the way some metformin's been contaminated over the years and nobody knew it, and it's actually causing cancer. So even if metformin is proven to extend life, and there does seem to be some evidence that it might, I would rather tr- use berberine if that's what I were going to do. Yeah, but yeah, that, that, that's along the same lines as what I was thinking. Like when I first heard that, I was like, what? One of the reasons they're looking at it is, I guess that guy, uh, Sam Altman, the, one of the founders of ChatGPT, he's one of the people taking that now for that reason. So is uh, Peter Diamandis, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. He's another one of those. uh, He, I don't know his net worth, but it's a lot. Um, He's accomplished a lot of really cool things and his big push. I actually, I recently saw him um, at the conference I was at in Las Vegas. He was one of the speakers there. Uh, His big thing is extending life. And that's what that whole conference was about. That whole conference was about extending life. I have no interest in that topic at all. None. I I think almost everything they're doing is pure speculation because how do we ever prove that this is really going to work? Right. I I, I, I don't know how we prove that, really. So I'm not into that whole extending life thing, but that's a big push now. Yeah, and a lot of them do some of that stuff without changing their diet, too, so... Oh, most do. They're not That's really that, extending life. They're well, just counteracting the, well, the standard American diet. And well, let's think... And they're not really counteracting the standard American diet. I don't believe that at all. So what? They're losing weight. That's not the only marker of health. Not even close. We know losing weight is good for your health, but people with anorexia have lost a lot of weight. They're not very healthy. People with cancer lose a lot of weight. They're not very healthy. I think taking a toxic pharmaceutical drug to lose weight has nothing to do with health. It's pure vanity and laziness. You don't need this drug. We've proven that over and over and over. We can help people lose a lot of weight with no drugs or supplements whatsoever. Yeah. I agree. That, yeah, my my wife is doing all that stuff. And that's basically the exact conversation I'm having with her. Yeah, and, and now so. these celebrities started reporting that they're taking the Ozempic, even though they're not diabetic. They've lost weight. 
They now have something called Ozempic face and Ozempic butt. I guess their face and their butt gets all saggy. That sounds wonderful. Uh, but now they're saying, oh, you know, I, I've always drank a little too much and I've tried to control it myself. And I and all of a sudden on Ozempic, I just don't have those cravings to drink anymore or to smoke or to use fentanyl or whatever it is. So now it's also going to become the addiction drug as well. Yeah. Crazy. It is crazy. I actually, I actually had like a whole mindset thing uh, that I've been using lately, like for people that, uh, like when I talk to them about the whole carnivore diet and everything. I've actually been listening to you for, for like I don't even know how many years. I've just been driving at night most of the time, so I can't call in. Yeah. But I, I did the whole carnivore thing. I implemented like the fermented food and everything. I lost. Uh, Excellent. I started out about. 250 pounds and I, I'm about 180 now. And it's that's like, in, I stay about there all the time. That's incredible. Is your face and butt saggy? No, because I, I started because working you did out it with right. it also. Yeah, exactly. You did it right. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're not spending $1,000 a month on Ozempic. Right. <laughs> well, I am because my wife is using it. So <laughs> for myself, <I'm> not. <laughs> well, good. So, yeah, you would be spending 2000 yeah. a month then. So good. Right. Yeah, but uh, so uh, years ago, I actually went to culinary school prior to trucking. I used to uh, be in the restaurant world. And in culinary school, this chef, uh, Larry Forgione, he's like one of the founders of the whole farm to table thing uh, from like, I think the 80s or the 90s. So we went to California with him for, uh, I think it was three weeks. And he took us to all these farms and ranches and creameries and whatever to like study the whole food chain and how the like how the food is grown and everything oh how cool and yeah so first he took us to like a cattle ranch but it was like the mass production one just so we could see the difference right that compared to like a grass-fed pasture uh raised two uh, different worlds isn't it yeah that that was before i learned all this diet stuff and after that i couldn't eat fast food for i think like at least six months (laughs) i know yeah But uh, but basically, like what they feed the cattle there is just like grain that serves no purpose other than to like double the size, right. and it's sprayed with like flavoring just to like get them to, to eat get them it. to and eat it. it. You, you know what else or, is in their feed a lot of yeah. times? No beef tallow. Hmm. Well, think about that for a second. At first, you think, oh, so what? They put it, cows aren't cannibals. They shouldn't be eating themselves. Yeah. They should not be eating beef fat. What the hell? It's just disgusting what we do. Yeah. But what I've been saying to people, like when I talk to them about the diet and they tell me they don't want to give up bread or pasta or whatever, I tell them, like I I tell them the story and I'm like, do you want to eat this bread and pasta that basically serves no purpose other than to like fill you up and that's it. And no, no, it has after you eat a bowl of pasta. It has another purpose. It'll destroy your digestive system. Yeah. Yeah, right. Just yeah, not I a good purpose. Agree, but I'm, yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm just like, it, like all it is is like filler, as I call it, and like right. Or versus you could eat like this and maybe even eat a little bit more, but it's going to fill you up and you won't be hungry after that, a- and abs- you'll feel great. Absolutely, Lauren. Um, you know, it's almost like when I I make food out of my garden, or you know, I've got the really really high quality meat sources I like now. People eat my food. I almost feel like I'm cheating. Mm. 
it's so easy to make yeah. really, really good food when you start with really, really good ingredients. I know it truly is. And it just enhancing, you know, the flavor and oh, it is the best. It is. And, and it's so simple. Getting it your own, yeah, you're getting it from your own garden. I love That's that. So neat. I know. Speaking of food and cooking, have you ever heard of a culotte steak or a culotte roast? No, never. I hadn't either. It's, it can also be, be referred to as a sirloin cap roast. It's actually the top port part of the sirloin. And I'm usually not a big okay. sirloin fan. It's a little too lean for me. I love the taste of sirloin. For, for not having mm -hmm. fat, sirloin has a lot of taste. But it's usually too lean. Yeah. So I got the mm -hmm. I got two roasts from Heritage Foods. They sent me another box that I didn't order or pay for. I'm assuming they're gifts. Um, so I open it up and <laughs> there's this awesome uncured pancetta, um, like a, it, it's a pork belly cured and it's got some nutmeg and some black pepper and oh, it's just incredible. It just slice it thin, it just melts in your mouth. Uh, I got some of that and I got these two, they're not really steaks. They're not as big as a typical roast. They're kind of somewhere in between. And they've got one part of them that's really probably like six inches thick, six or seven inches. And then it tapers down and they're called culotte. And I'm like, what do I do with these things? So I looked it up and yeah. it, it said you could treat it like a roast or you could treat it like a steak. I thought, hmm, all right, I'm going to try treating it like a steak. So I took uh, about a 50-50 mix of mayonnaise, either make your own or use um, Primal Kitchen. Make sure you're really using a really high quality mayonnaise, no seed oils. Uh, half and half mayonnaise and mustard. I brushed that heavy all over the whole roast. And then the spice blend we have in our store, that chimichurri spice, I love that stuff. Oh, I love it. I coated Same. the roast with that. You would think that putting all that mustard and mayonnaise on the outside of that roast would change the flavor. You have no idea it's there when you're done. Zero taste. It doesn't huh. change. What it does, though, is it kind of insulates the meat and adds some more fat. And it gives me a like good that. coating to put a heavy dose of this chimichurri spice on there. So then it was, mm -hmm. I, I thought about it late and I took it out of the freezer late in the day. And I thought, should I force thaw this? Or So I started to thaw it in some water and then I thought, you know what, I'm going to try something. I took it out, I coated it, I put the spice rub on it and I put it on the smoker at 225 and heavy smoke. And I thought... I'll just let it smoke and thaw at the same time. And it only took about 30 minutes. And then I cranked the temperature in the smoker up to 400 and brought the roast up to about 130 degrees at the deepest part, which is fairly rare. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. This may be my new favorite <laughs> cut. I, I wow. can't even describe. A lot. Oh, I, I can't. It, it, it It's Kind of like the best rare roast beef you've ever had, but kind of oh like a steak too. Wow. Oh, it was I mean, incredible. It also, the way you cooked it just sounds incredible. <laughs> it, yeah. I'm sure that not, all that helped. Yeah. Not easy. Yeah, for sure. But again, start, and here's the thing. I don't, it, it 
it's not marbled at all. And that's usually why I don't like this part of the cow. The sirloin in those parts are usually lean. They're not marbled and they can tend to yeah. get tough. This is so yeah. tender. It's hard to describe. <laughs> huh? Yeah. I should have. Very interesting. Yeah. I've never heard of that cut. I don't think I've taken, I don't think I took any pictures last night. We used to always take pictures. I did, but I've got another one and I think I may do it again today. It was so damn good. This time uh, you I'll, know it's good if you're going to do it back. Yeah, back. yeah. This time I'll <laughs> take pictures. All right, we're going to go to uh, somewhere north of the border. Is that Saskatchewan? Pat, welcome. <laughs> good morning, beautiful fogger. Yes. Uh, hard to follow that, Kevin. What about all the people trying to pass out here? You talking like that? That sounds delicious. Yeah, well, you know, you can fast all you want and then look forward to this dish when you break your fast. All right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, but I've got some questions on uh, digestion and bowel movement. I heard Jeremy talking there a week or two back about not having movement after a couple of days being on the road. And then when I'm home, I, I got no issues with it at all. I can take like a magnesium bath or something like that, and then boom, I'm right back on schedule the next day. What do you think that is? And that's, I'm so, pretty, I'm almost but, carnivore right now. I mean, the odd eggs and, and uh, olives or sauerkraut, a little bit of that, but that's it. So here's what I think of that. Um, it happens to me every time I travel. Every time. I can have perfect digestion day after day after day after day, and I do. And then the minute I travel, it gets thrown off for about two or three days until I settle into a routine somewhere. And if I'm traveling every day, it it's never quite as good as when I'm at home. I have no idea why. I have no idea how to fix it. And it's not that bad that it's a big problem. But it's enough that I notice it. And, and, you know, by about that third day when I've been traveling and things aren't all that regular, I start to feel it. But usually it clears up mm -hmm. or at least gets a better. But when I'm traveling, it never seems to be as good as when I'm at home. In the first couple of days or after I move again, it, it, uh, I have the same issue. I have no idea. Yeah. I think most people are like that, actually. It seems pretty common. Well, sometimes... Yeah, okay. Well, that's good to know. I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, it, it, it does become oily, and it's like, well, that's odd because it was healthy three days ago, you know. No, but it, then it, you, you're pushing out those. Uh, yeah, I, I, I. Is your diet changing at all? Sorry? Like, do you have a, do you have a, is your diet changing at all during this time, or is it pretty much the same, like exactly the same? Pretty, pretty much the same. I mean, uh, the only okay. thing I've really focus more on now is some of the baby back ribs just because it's that time of year and smokers running uh, yeah and baby back <laughs> ribs are awesome so uh, yeah, my my diet does change a little when i travel especially this last time because we traveled with you know there were multiple people in the group and if it's just lisa and i were traveling we still cook a lot uh, when it's multiple people in the group and you're at an event like that, there's just no time. And we do tend to eat out more then. So I know that could be a part of it, but it, but it is just the travel. I used to think it was just airplanes that did it to me because I used to always travel by airplane, but even in my coach, I mean, or this last time we took the sprinter and we had, you know, our food with us, but I don't know what it is. It, it just changes my digestion. Now, 
it's always been that way. And when I used to eat unhealthy, it was a much, much bigger problem. I used to be miserable sometimes when I traveled because of it. You know, one thing I haven't tried, maybe I should. What if we, uh, what if, you know, the day before I start traveling, I just double up on the magnesium? See if that helps. It might. Yeah, I, I did start taking idea. some of the magnesium in the morning a little bit. Yeah, just see it, if it helps. Yeah, just but double up deep. on it before I go and then continue the double dose of magnesium while I'm traveling and see if that helps. You know, you think what helps me was an, oh, sorry, Lauren. I was just going to say, what also helps me is really being conscious of the amount of movement I have. When I'm traveling, I seem to sit more. That's true. Um, if, I'm, yeah. you know, if I'm traveling via car or airplane. So making sure that I'm moving around a good amount in the morning really helps kind of stimulate things and, and get things going for me. That could be a big part of it. Yeah, I definitely that, try to sitting. either load or unload in the mornings rather than at night, but but all the sitting, I think, is some of the issue for sure. But yeah. do you think some of that would be leaky gut? No. Or do you think Le- leaky gut is there all the time? Well, let, let's leak. I wish we would have come up with a different term for this. In, intestinal permeability is the official term. Intestinal permeability. Ah, that's a mouthful. Leaky gut was so much easier. The problem is... It, it creates a visual that's completely wrong. The leaky gut has zero digestive symptoms. You don't feel leaky gut ever. It, we're not worried about it as a digestive issue that causes us problems or symptoms. It's an immune, autoimmune problem. So people with autoimmune conditions virtually always have leaky gut. And people with leaky gut are at a much higher risk of developing an autoimmune. But it has zero digestive symptoms. Well, I have suffered from diverticulitis in the past. I think I've been clean now for a good solid year, but I've been been cleaning up in the last two years. But I have suffered from diverticulitis. Yeah. Yeah, but if you're only noticing it when you travel. Right, right. Yeah, and if you're only noticing this when you travel, I think that's... That's a pretty good indication that it's not it's not an issue with that. Yeah. It's a travel yeah, issue. Okay. Yeah, and like routine and movement sitting, and think. things like that. Yeah, agree. Yeah, because when I when I lay on the miles, it's probably you know four hours at a time. So I know I shouldn't, but that's how I do it. Excellent. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> and we'll, then uh, when I stop, it's not for long. I know. We'll, we'll keep working on that. Uh, I've got some travel coming up this year, so uh, I'll experiment some. Uh, let's go to Illinois. Jerry, welcome to the program. Well, good morning. This is call is really for Lauren, but I'm going to ask Kevin first. Have you ever had a shoulder tender steak? I don't think so. Well, there's only one place in each beef shoulder. Each, each cow only has a, uh, one little area of the shoulder that's called a shoulder tender steak, and they're exceptionally good, too. You might want to try that sometime. You can't always get them because they're, well, they're not rare, rare, because every cow has two on each shoulder, but that's just a, it's just a small little area of the shoulder that they cut up as a shoulder, a shoulder tender steak. Hmm. Really a nice piece of meat, so... Try that sometime if you're uh, interested. So, <clears throat> so I also see that pigs must have that too because there's a pork ten- shoulder tender steak as well. Um, the coolot's the same way. You're not going to find a coolot steak in a grocery store. Never seen one. 
Probably going to have to ask your butcher to cut one. No. You're going to have to find somebody who does. This may be the same way. Well, I've never seen one of these. I've got some shoulder tenders at the grocery store before, but it's very, very rare. And sometimes it's just like in the grilling season, they'll order in. They've got to order a whole box of them. And for them, it's a rare enough deal. They, you know, they're pretty expensive, too. I honestly don't remember what they cost, but they were, they're really nice cut of meat. So oh, I just, just thought I'd ask that. So. I just looked at it. You know what it looks like to me? The, the texture and the grain on that actually almost looks like skirt steak or flank. And that's weird. Mm, it just comes well, it's from shaped a very almost like part. a tongue. Yeah, it is. But the grain. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Huh. And they're from two very different places on the animal. It's interesting that they're so similar. Yeah, I just thought I'd mention it. I just had one, one of the, the weekend, uh, I guess. I had some in the freezer. One of the other odd steaks that I get occasionally, and I have for years that I almost never see anywhere, is a flat iron. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they had. Matter of fact, a couple of days ago, I was at the grocery store, and they and I asked them about a shoulder tender, and they said, no, we don't have any of them. Would you like to try a flat iron? And I said, no, I was just looking for the shoulder tender. So. Yeah, that's another one of those weird pieces that usually gets attached to some other cut, but occasionally they'll cut it out separately, and it's a flat iron steak. They're pretty good. I like them. They are. We had a, a steakhouse here not too far from us that used to have a flat iron on their menu, actually, and it was a pretty good seller. So. Yeah. Anyway, my call is basically for Lauren because I talked to Kevin last week, and after uh, Kevin has absolutely no credibility with me whatsoever, Lauren, because he doesn't like the pumpkin spice nut butter, so that just completely <laughs> eliminates any credibility wow. he has with me. Uh, wow. I talked to him last week. Yeah, wow. you know, you're not. Yeah, I muted you, Kevin. So. Anyway, Lauren, I talked to Kevin. <laughs> too much clove. I know. I love it. I love it though. So uh, I talked to Kevin last about late last week about possible acid reflux, and I tried. He suggested I schedule a consult with you, but you're booked up so far in advance, and I need some suggestions right away. Uh, Kevin's pretty ninety nine percent sure it's acid reflux. What happens is when I start eating a meal, the first thing that happens is I'll get a, a horrible cough, mm-hmm. and then. If I can continue the meal, I get very violent, painful hiccups and can't hardly continue eating. I can't swallow. I can't do anything till the hiccups gone and they're painful and they won't go away. And this, this has been a new event for like a couple of weeks now. It's this severe. Have you taken he suggested apples? Yeah, I did. And I did a 10 minute discovery call and then I'll, I changed phones and I lost my password. And it's just one of those unfortunate events. I never did get through to the, the rest of the call, I, I did a Nutri-Q here right at the end of the year, I think it was. And, and I mean, it's such an, an urgent problem. I guess I didn't really want to go through the whole process and wait through that whole process. And you're booked up on calls for like 10 days from I'm, now as early as I could get in. No, I could I could do one tomorrow if you want. <laughs> well, it wasn't on your schedule online. Well, I'm going to have to there check that because that... There wasn't any openings until like the... Well, I don't know, like the 26th and 7th, I think was the only two, op- it was the first openings you had for a, uh, I could a do concert. tomorrow morning. I could do tomorrow morning, anytime between 9 a.m. and noon. I'm, I've, I've got a bunch of openings. Well, why wouldn't that show up on your schedule then, I wonder? What the hell's the matter with this online thing, I guess? What I don't world? know. I'm going to ask, I'm going to see if, if let, me, let me look into that for you and find out what's going on. 
But if you, right. why don't you, in the meantime, why don't you start by retaking the NutriQ? Because we'll want a very fresh NutriQ so we know exactly what's going on in this point in time. So it's very specific. But I, won't get that, I won't get that done in time to do the tomorrow phone call. Well, if you can't do it tomorrow, then we can do Monday, too. No, I need some relief. I need to figure out what's going on here. Uh, well, the NutriQ is definitely going to be the first place to start because it's going you're, It's going to ask you about all the specific symptoms that you're feeling, which is going to give us a really good indication as to which part of the digestive system needs all the attention. So that's that would be the best place to start. Well, okay. I'll, uh, by the time I get all that done, though, it'll be, it'll be a week or 10 days before you get all that done and get the results back on it. No, I can, we can get the results back right away. Oh. Yeah. yeah those are, right. the, the nutrition results are, are pretty quick. Sometimes it could take, a, you know, a minute for, you know, the team to email them back to you. But knowing that this is your issue, and, you know, we want to get you in right away. We will we'll escalate it. We'll, we'll get you to the front. All right. Well, I can't even figure out. I don't know. This stupid online crap. I'm not even sure I could figure out how to request a NutriQ again. Well, that's uh, really easy to do. Why don't... Yeah, why, easy for you, but not for me, so... Well, we'll have someone walk you through it. We'll put you on hold real quick. And whoever's screening, I don't know if it's Angie or maybe Morgan today... More than today, as far as you answered the phone. Great. Um, well, we'll just put you back on hold. Kendall will put you back on hold, and you can talk to Morgan, and she'll explain to you where exactly to, you know, set up the All interview, right. and we'll we'll get you we'll get you started. Okay. But yeah, I could do a like tomorrow that. morning call easy, but uh, maybe she yeah. does. She know what your schedule is, Morgan. Know what will she be able to access your schedule and schedule something in? Yes, I and I will talk to her myself. So. We will communicate okay. and we'll get you on the on the schedule for tomorrow. Yeah, so we can do All that right, right now. Right. Jerry, I'll, well, put you, I'll put you back in the queue. Lauren, you can jump in there if you want, and uh, we'll get this worked out. All right. Well, I appreciate the time. Thank you. You're welcome. There you go. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Pennsylvania. John, welcome to the program. John, are you there? I hear somebody in the background. John, wake up. Back to your phone. Lauren, are you hearing me right now? I'm hearing you, Kevin. Okay. I hear you loud and always, clear. Always need to make sure it's not on my end. Um, I hear <laughs> I hear something there. There's an open line, but John? No, I'm going to put him back in the queue. And Morgan's going to be, well, we'll leave him there for a little bit, see what happens. I'll try him again in a little bit. Let's go to Missouri. Sam, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? Um, I've got a pretty interesting testimonial I thought you would like. We um, we love anyway, testimonials. Bit of backstory. Yeah, I think I think you're gonna like this one. Um four years ago I had a quadruple bypass uh with complications and I've got a couple of stints. Typical regimen of drugs, including a statin, and um I started having horrible issues with the statins. Like so I did a lot of research and what I've heard on your show. And anyway, I quit taking my statins and, um, all my uh, side effects went away and I didn't tell. Oh, no. Uh Oh, Oh, you, you broke up a little bit. I heard you, you didn't talk. I think you were going to say, and then we, we didn't hear anything. 
Okay, I didn't tell my doctor I stopped taking it. Oh, good. Okay. And I was stuck. And, you know, I think I'm, you know, eliminated sugar from my diet. I'm pretty much carnivore. I started taking uh, the Cardio Miracle six months ago. And good. anyway, I went in and I just had my blood work done. And he he was very angry with me. Really? Uh, when he heard the Oh, no. Sam, are you there? Oh, Sam, not even hearing anything on that line. Uh, I'm going to put that line back into the queue and see if we can save it. What's going on with phones today? I know, right? We had that other call that was right. breaking up a lot, but I managed to understand what he was saying, so I let it go. Uh, all right, let me try this. Line. Well, let me go back and try John again. Maybe he'll be there. Uh, John, are you there this time? The line is open. I can hear somebody there. I don't know why John can't hear us. All right. I'll put, um. him, I'll put him back in the queue. Morgan's still working with Jerry, so I can't have her check it. Um, we lost the other call. That one dropped. Sam dropped. So we'll see if maybe we can get him back. Uh, let's try Tom in California. Tom, welcome. Is your phone going to work for us? Kevin, there Kevin. we go. Yeah, I, I think so. Hey, can you come back to me in maybe oh. ten minutes? I gotta hit the stop. <laughs> all right. Sorry, we're, man. That, we're, that, that's, oh, I was waiting. I was waiting that all time. That's, that's three strikes. We're out. I don't know what I'm gonna do here. <laughs> Take care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some more calls coming in. Morgan's still working with Jerry in the screening room. So uh, I guess we'll just chat for a little while till we get some of these phone lines worked out and we get. Morgan back. Uh, oh, where do we, you know, uh, do you have anything, Lord? I mean, I've always got something, but anything you want to talk about? I mean, I've always got two. Well, it's interesting. And I know this is not going to pertain to most people, but um, as I said before, I am pregnant. I just hit my halfway mark and I'm, I found this incredible book, Kevin. I'm like, my mind is blown. I am like, I only got it on Saturday, so I haven't you know, gotten too deep into it, but it's called functional maternity. Really? And this woman dives into so much amazing information about what is going on in the body. It is like seriously blowing my mind. Wow. Did you know that in the first trimester that your cells are dividing um, so quickly to, you know, to create a fetus and to grow a new organ, the placenta, that it actually, so it requires like a lot of fast energy. So apparently, uh, you know, I was craving a lot of carbs, which yes. I don't really crave carbs very often, right. but I was a little concerned. And supposedly your insulin increases by up to 15 times the normal amount. You know, I guess that would explain the whole gestational diabetes thing. I've often wondered what does. what why does that happen? Yeah. What is the mechanism behind that? Because we see it even with people who are eating really clean. I know. Well, that's what kind of freaked me out a little. My doctor actually she did like a like a Zoom call, and she you know kind of you know welcomed everyone who was like new to the practice, and we were you know get everyone up to speed on the same page. And she, I, I was like furious because she said, you know, it doesn't really matter what you eat during your pregnancy when it, in, you know, when it comes to your blood sugar regulation, because your placenta completely takes over and 
will com- like completely regulate your your blood sugar in a different way. And and no matter what, some people get gestational diabetes, some people don't, but there's no rhyme or reason to it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's like the last thing I would say to people. Yeah, They're right. going to think, oh, this is a freebie. I can eat it with all the sugar and carbs I want. And so I was kind of disappointed that she said that. And now I'm like, okay, well, I want to dive a little into this. Like, why is that? And there is all the science behind it. And my mind is blown. (laughs) Interesting. I I still think she needs to say it better. She needs to to, to just say it doesn't matter what you eat for blood sugar comes across as it doesn't matter what you eat. That's a problem. You shouldn't say it like that because it does matter what you eat. Your pregnancy could go one of two ways. You, you could have a horrible pregnancy eating a bunch of junk. You can have an amazing pregnancy, even with gestational diabetes, if you're eating clean. So I, I wish she would find yeah. a better way to say it. I agree. So apparently what happens is that, and I was wondering, because you put on like quite a, you know, a little bit of weight, like in the first trimester, you know, and I was like, well, I don't know why, because like my food intake hasn't really changed. Well, it's because your placenta supposedly starts to produce this thing called lactogen. And this lactogen blocks, it binds to your insulin receptors. Isn't that wild? It is. You have all this extra insulin floating around in your body and you start packing on the pounds because we know that insulin is what really makes us gain all this weight. So I'm just, I can't wait to get more into this, but. Let's think about this for a second. Um, Giving birth um, prior to the modern world, giving birth as a hunter-gatherer was a really, really dangerous thing. Lots of women and babies Mm -hmm. die during childbirth. It's one of the reasons that people believe hunter-gatherers only live to their 30s, because that was the average age of a hunter-gatherer. But when you take out all the deaths at birth, so now women can get pregnant at like, 13 or 14, right? Usually. Yeah. So we might have had a 14-year-old girl die in childbirth. That really brings the average down. But if you count the baby's death, that really drops the average. Then we know that, you know, if you break a leg as a hunter-gatherer, you're probably going to die. Um, you could get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. You could get killed by another tribe. Life was very, very dangerous. If you avoided all the dangerous stuff, people lived to 100. Wasn't out of the question at all. But so that's what, but, but yeah, childbirth, right. really, really difficult. There's a lot going on. And think about giving birth when food is scarce. So what is the body doing here? The body is creating a condition where even with scarce food, you're gaining weight. That's a good thing. Not in today's world, though. Yes. You have that same thing going on, except now you're surrounded by food and garbage food. And we wonder why things go wrong. I know. But that, that mechanism well, of, of all that insulin and insulin will pack on the pounds. When insulin is present, your body will store almost every calorie as fat. And, and when you think about this, yep. this was a really smart mechanism. But now it's a dangerous mechanism in the modern world. It is. It absolutely is. And you, know, why, you, really, want, you want to I watch would... people freak out? Let me answer a call with somebody's pregnant and start talking about fasting and watch people lose their mind, even in the functional world. 
some people are like, oh, you, you can't have her fast while she's pregnant. Why not? In history, we did it for about a million years. Seemed to work out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, you you pick up a book, you know, being that, that we, you know, have our certification and we, we have our beliefs and, and this and that, and you're, you're kind of concerned about, okay, well, where's, what angle is this person coming from? Like, who, who did she, you know, gather this information? Like, where she gather her information and this and that? Well, she really talks a lot about um, Weston A. Price, which I, I obviously can appreciate. Yeah. And she talks about findings with, you know, all the different civilizations that had not very many issues in terms of the labor part where women didn't need, they, they didn't have assisted labors, you know, back then. And then when all of a sudden everything changed where doctors had to be there for, for the delivery of these babies, because sometimes the women's hips didn't grow properly and, you know, all of these different things. And then she takes it way Further, and she starts breaking down every micronutrient and what it does specifically to support your pregnancy, preconception, pregnancy, and you know even you know post uh, postpartum. And that's where my mind is just exploding because I'm like, okay, we know that all these macronutrients are really important, but she actually explains how they all support you know, parts of the body during this, this important time. And then she goes into physiological birth and she talks about labor and how all the hormones create the symphony and how that affects the unraveling of labor and the delivery of the baby. It is incredible. Wow. wow. I, I, I love yeah. that. You know, we, we've, beautiful. we've expanded out into, you know, dental care. And now we're looking at, you know, skin care and things like deodorants. And I, I, I love the fact that the functional world keeps taking on new challenges. Yes. Agreed. And agreed. Uh, I got to say the uh, dental kits may be one of the most successful products we've ever brought in. I'm blown away. I, I, yeah. I, I almost nixed this idea. I almost said, no, I just don't know if that's, I, I, I was a little hesitant about this. Cause you know, you, you, we have to buy big quantities. I mean, that's, that's just how this works when you're, if you yeah. want retail or wholesale pricing, you got to buy big quantities. You got a lot of cost to bring a new product into our store. The team has to work hard getting everything set up. Lisa works hard negotiating. I mean, this goes on sometimes for months to bring a new product in. So I, I'm pretty careful mm -hmm. about what we bring in. And I knew this was great quality. I was not worried about that at all. I just didn't know how well it would be received. And I don't wanna bring in a product that we put all that work in and invest all that money and then it sits there on the shelf. I couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah. That we can't keep it in stock and the testimonials are over the top good from everybody. It's just been crazy. Oh. Definitely. I mean, I can vouch for it myself. I absolutely love brushing. I know. Even just, uh, I, just br brushing with that powder. I don't know what it is about it. It gets, I just feel so much cleaner. <laughs> everything does. My, my gums visibly look the best they have ever looked in my life. And I've tried all kinds of stuff. I've tried a lot of natural products. I've tried, you know, clay mm -hmm. and an essential oil toothpaste that don't have anything else in them. Her, her system, whatever it is about the whole process, is she nailed it. 
I, I, she's got this figured out, and I am just blown away by the results. Yeah, same. I love that. All right, let's go try to get to some calls here and see what's happened. I think we've got Morgan back. She got all the calls screened. There's some new ones coming in. We are going to try John again. John, are you there this time? Yeah, my area. There you go. What's on your mind today? Uh, my wife has Hodgkin's lymphoma, and I want to know if the doctors say that there's no known reason why anybody gets that. If you knew anything about it or what's good to take uh, for it. The first question I have to ask, is she jabbed? No. Okay, good. Um, no, I know next but we to... Did have, we did have COVID, but we didn't get jabbed. Yeah, that that shouldn't be a cause. There's no correlation there that I've seen, but there's definitely a correlation to the jab and cancers that seem to be exploding. So it's always my first question now. Does she eat clean yeah. or is she eating the standard American diet? So she's always eating cleaner than most. And I'd say about six months before COVID, I started listening to you and we gave the whole keto paleo thing a try. And we, for the most part, have been doing that ever since. Okay, the only so, thing we don't do a whole lot, we really cut back on grains, but a little bit here and there at grains, that's the one thing we still do use sometimes. To answer your question about Hodgkin's lymphoma specifically, I don't have any special knowledge of this or, or what would work. We take the same approach to all cancers. You clean up the diet and... It, you don't stop cleaning up the diet. You get better quality meat, you get better quality fat, you get more organic plants. If you're gonna be eating plant foods, it should be very clean and organic. So you never stop cleaning up the diet and shooting for better and better quality. That's number one. You've really gotta work on stress. Stress could be a big, big part of this. And even when people tell me, oh no, I'm not stressed, everybody is. The first time somebody tells me they're not stressed, is when I know they've got a stress problem. It, very, very few people in our world yeah. aren't stressed today. The only people who aren't are people who are addressing it. And but, but the problem is people assume stress is only that mental stress, like it creates anxiety and all that. And they go, oh, no, I don't feel that, I'm pretty chill. It, there's stress of all the toxins in our environment. There's stress of sitting in traffic, whether you think you're stressed or not. So stress is a big part of this. I would have her immediately start looking at our stress protocol and, and doing all four of those things I've identified. That can be a big, big part of this. After that, then it's really, again, I don't have anything specific. We just try to take everything we already know and teach and do more and more of it. Now, I would also yep. reach yeah. out to somebody like Dr. Wolfson, who has a lot of specific strategies on working on the immune system. We can do some of that, but I think he does it better. He's more focused on that. He spends more time on it. Uh, so that would be because it really is our immune system that keeps us from getting cancer and can help us cure cancer. So he, Dr. Wilson yeah. can do some uh. more in-depth testing on the specific components of your immune system and then address how we increase the things we need. Okay. Have you ever heard of, I think it's, it's either brown or round fat. Brown fat, yes. The brown fat is pretty cool stuff. Brown fat actually helps us lose weight. 
How cool is that? Is it, so that's good to have that? Brown fat is good to have. Here's how you get brown fat. You shiver. You get cold enough to shiver. Okay. That's what increases brown fat. So when I said the four stress protocols are a big part of this, one of the stress protocols is the cold exposure. Oh, you shoot a pet pet scan and the cancer shows up, but also brown fat shows up on a pet scan. Brown fat's a good thing. We want and more. And they of were it. yeah, they were surprised that she had so much brown fat. They said they said they said don't worry about it. Don't mean nothing. They said but oh, you have a lot more than I usually see. Bullshit. It means something. It's a good thing. They just don't understand that. It's interesting that they could see it, could it and then said, don't worry about it. It doesn't do anything. Yes, it does. It's really good for us. She has more brown fat than they're okay, used to good. seeing because of the way she eats. Good, good. But the cold exposure and that will shows increase up on a that pet even scan, more. Which is funny. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. Yep. All right. That's all I had then. All right. Good stuff. Call us back. Keep us updated on this. Do reach out to Dr. Wolfson, though. I, he can help you a lot with the immune system part of this. Uh, I'm going to skip Tom. I'll give him a little more time. We'll go to Indiana. Jeff, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Uh, yeah, I just got uh, results there. I haven't taken a Nutri-Q for about a year and a half. And all my stuff's at low priority, but... Um, a few things did kind of go up. Um, my adrenal went up from five up to 12 and large intestines went up from four to eight. It's still all right there at the lines between low and medium priority. But So I could even correlate the two and it goes along with what we were just talking about, which is stress. Anytime we see adrenals, that's stress. Yeah. Oh, I, I, 100%. And I got and it. Oh, yeah. Get, Guess what lives in the large intestine? Uh, all of our some gut kind bacteria. Of bacteria, I don't want. Yeah, all of our yes. gut bacteria resides there. Guess what's hard on our gut bacteria? Stress. Stress. Yep. So this makes sense. Well, well, good. Well, good. It makes sense. I don't want it. Right. I didn't buy it. I don't want to keep it. Correct. But, <laughs> but it helps I'm to understand it. it. I've been. Uh, yeah, so at least those two, I was kind of wondering how they correlated. So if that's what they did, then 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 I understand that a little better. But um, no, I take I uh, I do the X three, do the breathing when doing my Wim Hof, then I do my X three, then I take a three and a half minute cold shower, um, then I come out and plank for three and a half to four minutes. Um, how many times only, a week? I do have the. Uh, breathing and shower and plank every day. And the X3 is Monday, Tuesday, rest, Thursday, Friday, rest, rest. So, and to, I do to, have a, my, to make things simple, do the whole protocol on the schedule. You're doing the X3. We need, I think for you, we might actually want to cut back some. Remember all of these things that we're doing create stress. It's good targeted stress, but we can overdo it. I ran into this over and over and over and I had to force myself to do less. That's a hard thing to do. Mm. And I'm on here every day telling people, you gotta do these stress protocols. I'm telling them that because they're not doing it at all. <laughs> but if you're doing it and, okay. and we start to see some stress chemicals going up, it usually means we might be overdoing it. We just need to back off a little bit. 
Okay. And and what can happen is you can back Routine. off for a little bit and then your body will strengthen over time. And then as it strengthens, if you want to, you can add more days back in. Okay. I had just got, I just turned 59. So I was so derelict in from 20 to 55 that now I actually have a routine and I'm afraid I'm a lazy ass that if I stop it, I then know. I'll just, I, I, I won't do it ever. I, I won't do, if I don't do it every day, I'm afraid I won't do it every other day. That you're right. That I'm kind of the same way. And this, so this concept is hard for me. This was on and off for the whole two years of was working on the stress protocol. I kept running into this. I would be getting really good results and then my results would start to reverse. And I, I, what am I doing wrong? What, what do I not understand about this? And then ultimately I learned that I've got to back off, but you're right. I, I take two days off and then it's hard to get back into it again. So it, it that is a struggle with this, but we've just got to figure it out. Okay. Cause I have uh, put on, gained some weight. I was uh, 145 and now I'm up to over 150, 152 and not changed anything. And uh, I'm the opposite. I was around 152 to 155 a couple of months ago. And as soon as I started in the garden, I dropped to 145. And no matter how much I eat, I can't seem to put on a pound. I mean, I can fluctuate you know, three or four pounds every day, but I, I have not been over sure. 150 since I started in the garden. Okay. So plus uh, running my business and we bought a new house and moved and- Oh, there's no stress. Got a stress. daughter getting married Yeah, there's, soon there's, and, there's no stress Oh yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> no, yeah. so at least I, I, I know See, the solution. In fact, well, there's an interesting thing. I so kind here, of thought. Here's what happened. It's very possible before some of these events, you wouldn't have been overtraining with this. You would have handled it just fine and you would have continued to grow stronger. Now we pile all these other yeah, stressful life events on top and the the results start to get worse. It, doesn't it all make sense now? Yes, because listening to you and I'm the, I'm the why guy. I piss people off when I ask them, well, why? And they don't have an answer. So I, here I'm seeing these bar graphs and I'm asking why, and now you're giving me answers and not getting mad at me for asking. I, I um, it's funny. Which I just, nice. I just posted <laughs> one of my posts either last night or this morning was the power of why. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I get a lot of I just get so many looks and people like well because yeah well, right right that's not an yeah. answer yeah it, it my well, when I when I get into a situation like this you would think I was an eight year old but why but why but why I that's what I just keep saying yeah. but why <laughs> Until yeah that, I mean you can't and and it is shocking how many people can't explain why. Well, it's because they don't know. They've heard it, or somebody exactly. told them once thirty-five years ago that that's exactly that correct. You, I, I had one the other day. Guy said you're not supposed to fill up if, if you're boiling a pot of water. Don't fill it up with hot water. Use cold water. That's wrong. And they go, well, why? I go, why? He goes, well, 
Because I thought that's I, not any. He got pissed off and he walked I, away from me. I, I've heard that before too. It doesn't work. I don't know why anybody yeah. ever started this whole concept. I have an instant hot water dispenser, like to make tea and things like that. I absolutely love that thing. I'll never be without one. And if I'm going to boil water, I start with that and it boils in seconds. Why wouldn't it? It's almost at boiling already. Why would I start with cold water? Why would I start at 50 when I can start at 100? Uh, Because we have. Why would I I go four times instead of twice? Because most of our house is now in floor heating with water. We have a big hot water system with an on-demand and a storage tank, and it's the same water we get out of our faucets. I don't have children here, so I don't have to worry about it. The te- we can get about 140-some degrees coming out of our faucet, and that's what I start with if I'm going to boil a big pot because I can't fill a big pot out of my hot water dispenser. If I'm going to do a small pot that comes out of the hot water dispenser, almost boiling, any other time I crank the faucet up to hot and start with that. I've never understood why anybody thought that worked. Yeah. But then, well, why? And then they'll say stuff. Well, in 1930, they had lead pipes. I go, that was a hundred freaking years ago. Oh, man. And you I go, do you wait, have lead pipes? Wait. And they go, the, what are they saying that the hot, the only thing I could think of there is the hot water flowing through your pipes might leach more lead? Because we can't. Yeah. That was their theory, huh? Huh. Yeah, or is, is that and you stir up the sediment in the the water uh, uh, here that if you get hot that it I'm like uh, okay yeah <laughs> well I'm 59 it hasn't killed me yet exactly. I'm pretty good for another 40 years then yeah and we don't have <laughs> lead pipes anymore but it's just I know. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, yeah, it's just stuff like that that I, I, I ask why, and people just get like, well, well, don't you believe me? Well, no. That's why I ask why. Well, Not calling it, you a liar. I just think you have bad information. Exactly, and it's why doctors get so defensive. They don't know why. Mm-hmm. All they know is this is what they were trained to do. They don't know the why, and let's think about it. Doctors never address the root cause of anything. So they don't know the why. All Their answer for everything why should just be, well, that's what they taught me in medical school. Uh, well, I mean, they're not wrong, but there are also other ways of getting to the answer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, a, it's not a good answer, but that, that should be their answer because that's the truth. When they tell you something, the truth right. is the only reason they're telling you that is because that's what they were trained to tell you. Right. So, so that is their why. Anywho, it's a, it's all a right, well, why, but it's their why. Yeah. Yeah. So, so always be the why guy. The why Piss guy. people off. There you go. Maybe that should be your Twitter handle, the why guy. Let's, uh, let's see if we've got Sam back with a good phone line this time. Uh, let me try that again. There we are. Sam, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Oh, Got you back sound in. 10 times better now. 
That's good. Hey, I I um I was about to tell you my cholesterol numbers. Do I need to backtrack on my story at all, or do you want? No, to? I think I got it good enough. Your doctor was uh, shocked, and uh, so what what kind of numbers we got? Okay, total. These are the numbers that that scared him. Okay, um, my total cholesterol was uh, two seventy one. Congratulations. Um, HDL. HDL was forty seven. That could be higher. And my triglycerides were. My triglycerides were 114. Well, that could be a little lower. Um, LDL was uh, 199. That's probably really good. Now, we would have to do a particle size test to know, but my guess is you, you'd probably have a pretty good size particle test. Um, tell me about the quality of the meat, and are there any seed oils left in your diet? Um, I do my best to stay away from all the seed oils. Um, I, I do... I'm conscious of it and I look for that and I are you eating in restaurants meat uh, I do the no hardly ever okay good um, what with these numbers he scheduled me for this a calf you know what a calf is yeah uh, yeah hell no hell a, not no but, but hell no well I mean I've done this before that's how they figured out all my areas are blocked I needed the bypass uh, so but wait a minute. That was wait, a good stop. Idea. Stop. A good way to that that's when you used to eat a totally different way, right? Yes, uh, so, uh, 50 but, some years of it, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So let's think about this. You radically changed the way you eat. Why have you not changed the way you go to the doctor? Because these two are not compatible. Well, eating the way you eat and going to a traditional well, doctor, they're just not compatible. I am scheduled. Uh, I do have a consult with Dr. Wilson. Perfect. I, am, I Perfect. am in the middle of changing, but currently I'm still with my traditional skip, skip the um, calf. cardiologist. Just, just who, wait. Saved, who, saved, who saved my life? Well, maybe, well I, maybe. I went through it. It's maybe. done. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have done it. But and here's let, the good let, news. let me go back here a second. The doctor may have saved um, your life. We, we don't know that for sure. He may have. There's a good chance he did. He didn't yeah. do it the best way it could have been done. Yeah. Um, what, what the what the calf just told me, though, is I think where my, uh, my, um, anyway, basically he goes up there and he's basically checking the plumbing, okay? Right. And where my, um, where my stints are is what he was concerned about. Imagine and that. He checked all that out. Right. And when he came, when he got done and he's talking to me, uh, he he had a surprised look on his face, and he said, "They are clean." He said, "I don't know how, but your stents and your arteries, everything we did is clean." You know why? And I said, "There's a really easy right. explanation that, for this." News. Yeah, yeah. The um, the first time he looked so, was the result of 50 years of the standard American diet. Then they go in and they put in a stent. They clean right. some things out. Then they go back and look again, expecting that the buildup's going to start again because that's normally what they see. But you're not eating that way anymore. Right. So guess what he did now? Oh, boy. I'm afraid to ask well, what. He, um, Because he, he, I told him I wasn't taking my stents. Or not my stents. I'm Your not statins. taking my statins. Perfect. And so what did he do? He, he wrote me a new prescription for a different kind of statin. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Because because that's what they do. That's yeah, all he you're knows. right. You're right. That's going to be the answer. That's all that he knows. And what a disaster that could be. You, <laughs> yeah. you started off your story saying you used to get a bunch of side effects from your statins, right? 
Yes. Uh, these could be worse. Horrible. Disabling. I couldn't walk. They, they, I couldn't walk. They, if I'm you, not taking them. No, I know. I, I'm glad. Had you taken his advice, yeah. your your yeah. second round of side effects could have been worse. Yes. And I, I am currently scheduled for um, Dr. Wilson. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious what he's going to do with all the information because I've sent him everything. I've got a, um, well, I'm curious a too. Zoom call so uh, scheduled. Afterwards, call and, us back uh, and give us the, the scoop. Yes. And I, I don't know if I told you, but I am on the Cardio Miracle. I've been on for six months. Um, I, I don't know what to say did more good for my body was the cardio miracle just the way i'm eating combination of everything but it's the combination uh, with that news i'm going to continue on my path <laughs> excellent excellent and you're, um, you're anyway you're, and you're every, everything big step going to dr wilson that's awesome um my next well i may be talking to him before then but my next scheduled event with dr wilson is i'm actually going to be on his podcast this time Oh, awesome. Yeah, that should be um, fun. So my, my cholesterol numbers that I gave you, you didn't sound surprised about them. I don't know much about the numbers. They're just numbers so, to me, but you, you you didn't seem totally surprised with them. I, I like the total. I think we should be in the mid to high 200s. I think that's a good place to be. Then we can look at the individual. I, I think ideally we'd like to figure out how to get your HDL up into the 60, 70 range. I think you said you were 49. Um, usually that's meat quality and avoiding the seed oils and things like that. Cutting carbs even more can help with that as well. Um, we'd like to see the triglycerides down, but that's not always an accurate measurement. You know, sometimes triglycerides can just spike for a day or two. So I don't get too worried about it. Ideally, we'd have better ratios if that number was a little lower. And your LDL sounds awesome, which is part of why you've got a nice high total number, um, but if we wanted to be positive that that was a good number, we would have to do a particle size test. I, I'll leave all that to Dr. Wolfson. He may have some ideas for you on that. Yes. Um, so all, all of this, I mean, I, I, all of this good news is from what I've learned from your show and listening to you and taking that and doing my own research and Perfect. diet and supplements um, you, you went over what you take every morning and I laughed to myself because that's identical to what I do. Your, uh, your few supplements that you do. <laughs> they work. They work. Those are the, and, and we have a yeah. lot of people that that has become kind of their daily routine. And when, I mean, the proof is skip any of them and you start to see what happens. Here's one of the best examples. And I told everybody last year when I left for that trip, I said, I'm stopping all supplements, including vitamin D, light balance, all that stuff. I'm just going to stop just to see what happens. I got sick for the first time in eight years. I don't think it was a coincidence. I had muscle cramping. I got sicker than I've been in a long time. Three or four days in bed, couldn't move. I was miserable. Thought it was COVID, but it wasn't. Uh, I, I don't think that was a coincidence. No, no. Um, okay, well, that was, I just wanted to give that testimonial. I thought that was Love a, it. like, like the people call up about their engines and their Dorothy's being clean. What's the difference? This is my, this, this, this is oh, my engine and it's there, clean. There, you know, you, you, you make a good point. There are so many similarities in the lot of things we do. I talk about the similarity between gardens and plants and our bodies and our immune system and our stress response. And, um, same thing here. We talk about keeping the engine optimized and clean, 
You know, that's the that's what we want to do with our body. We want to keep it optimized and clean and fuel mileage. The correlation is there. Years and years of testing fuel mileage stuff really taught me a lot about testing things. And now I do that with supplements and food. Yes. Um, anyway, thank you so much. I uh, love your show. And uh, I hope, hope you keep going for a long time. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Love the feedback. We love testimonials. Let's go to California. Tom, you ready yet? Yeah, I'm finally ready. Oh, my gosh. You're talking about stress protocols and all that. That's what I need to do. This is, uh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever, uh, if you ever shipped anything to Air Force Base. I had to go to Air Force Base up in uh, Utah yesterday and pick up tires and then bring them down to Barstow, California, to the Marine Base or whatever they have here. I and have, uh, talk about stress. I have never delivered or picked up on a military base, no. It's, 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 as soon as you think the government is inefficient, uh, think again. Oh, you know, well, I, I, I think I know now why they, you know, I think, I think, I think I know now why they left everything in Afghanistan because it would have taken them 20 years to get it back. Yeah. I, now I, I can relate. I'm very familiar with the inefficiencies on a military base. I spent enough time on one when I was in the service, but I've just never delivered or picked up to one. Yeah, just uh, very, very stressful. I mean, just for instance, going into the Hill Air Force Base in, 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 uh, outside of Salt Lake City yesterday, they have the turn up the tarmac so they have the double side dumps to go in there. And so when you roll in, they roll in about six trucks at a time, and those side dumps pick up the tarmac, go six miles and come back, then they have to stand in line for three hours again. The same truck when then have the dog sniff it and open your hood and everything, you know. And uh, they have they they already have a pass, but it's still a three hour wait. And I took there was one girl sitting in the waiting room, and I said, "This is gonna drive you crazy." I go, uh, "She goes, we don't care. We're making prevailing wage, you know." <laughs> yeah. So the government's paying them, just, you know. It just it it, it, it it aggravating. Okay. So, n- number one, what kind of smoker do you use? So, I have a pretty big Traeger with all the bells and whistles, the Wi-Fi, so I can change settings and monitor it, you know, from my phone while I'm out in the garden. Um, and I also have wow. the second largest size, the Big Green Egg, which I just got this year for my birthday, and I am absolutely loving it. Man, can I cook some food which on that one would you, If you had a choice... If you had a choice between one, uh, which which way would you go cost-wise and everything else? Uh, cost-wise, you could spend about the same on either one, depending the model you, you get. Out? No, I'm still here. Lauren, are you hearing me? Did you I'm drop here. out? Oh, hi, Lauren. Hi, I'm I here. Think, Maybe I, I think you... good. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll just second. chat. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll... chat for a little bit. All right. Until he gets back. Tom, can you hear me now? Yeah, you're back. Okay. All right. Lauren was hearing me the whole time, so I don't know what happened with yours. Uh, So I'm going to throw price. No, I I couldn't hear you. I don't know. what. Oh, you couldn't. I thought you could. Okay. Um, No. Well, that's weird. So I'm going to throw price out of the equation because depending on model. (laughs) No, no. Here's here's why. Depending on model or size of these two, you could either spend a small amount or a really big amount. So it's almost impossible to compare pricing because there's so many options. So what I'm going to tell you is, hands. I've had my Traeger for a long time, and before the Traeger, I had a 
uh, Green Mountain pellet grill. So I've had a pellet grill for a long time or a pellet smoker for a long time and I love them. But if I could only take one, I would take the big green egg. Here's why. I can smoke on the big green egg. It's more work. I have to really, you know, babysit it more often than I do my pellet smoker, but I can smoke just as good on my big green egg as I can on the Traeger. I just have to work a little harder at it. I cannot get the results out of the Traeger that I can get out of the big green egg for like searing and true grilling and that kind of stuff. You, you just can't do it on a pellet grill. They don't get, there's no, there's no direct heat on a pellet grill. On the big green egg, I can set it up it, for direct heat or indirect heat. You you cook with, with wood or pellets or gas on the green big egg, or how's that working? So the big green egg, their recommendation is what's called lump charcoal. Have you ever cooked with lump charcoal? Okay. No, but uh, I, I'm, I'm familiar with it. So it's super, super light. It's not formed briquettes. It's actually pieces of burnt wood. They, they burn right. the wood at a super low temperature with very little oxygen. And what you have left is called this lump charcoal. It's, it's still, you can see that it was wood, but it's solid black now. And it's super light. And it even makes these weird kind of squeaky noises. The thing about lump charcoal... <laughs> It burns incredibly hot and clean, almost no smoke at all, and crazy hot. That's what they recommend on a big green egg. Okay. And for most people, that would be all you would probably need unless you want to do smoking. So then what I do is I set my big green egg up for indirect heat. I get the fire going with lump charcoal or standard charcoal, and I'll tell you why I do that. Most people wouldn't have to. Um, and then I put in big pieces of my smoking wood around the edges. And then I can create a okay. lot of smoke inside. I still have a lot of heat. I can control the heat really well with the, the top and bottom vents. You can even buy an accessory and I'm thinking about doing it. And if I didn't have a pellet grill, I absolutely would do it. You can buy a fan and a thermostat that you mount in the bottom vent, and then you can set a temperature, and between the fan and, and this thermostat, it will maintain that temperature for you. Whereas I have to go out and open the bottom no, vent a little perfect. more, or close the top vent a little more. They do have a system you can buy that makes regulating the temperature much better. Um, the much reason... Easier. Yeah, that sounds like a... a or if I want to, I could load up the bottom of my big green egg with pure wood, you know, big pieces of oak or apple or mesquite or whatever I want. Just cook right over wood if I want. I tend to use it more for smoking. That's usually how I cook. Yeah, I tend to use it more for smoking and yeah. I do like the lump charcoal. I have to keep regular charcoal here. And the reason is the wind. I will torch right. everything if I get a high wind day and I try to use that lump charcoal. First off, the lump charcoal disappears too fast because it, and it's expensive. So I got to use a lot of it on a windy day. And I, the temperatures just, I, I mean, I walked out one day and my, my big green egg was like 720 some degrees. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, that'd now be, that, that'd be, that, yeah, that's kind of, I don't like it well done. That's kind of fun if I've got a big four inch thick tomahawk ribeye. Cooking it over 700 degrees is pretty awesome. Uh, but, 
for a yeah, lot about of other. 20 seconds on each side exactly yeah and then you got this crazy crust yeah. and you know you can do a, a black and blue if you want or a pittsburgh even and it's pretty incredible uh but but sometimes i i don't want to have to one use all that charcoal because it's so damn windy and try to manage that heat so occasionally i'll put you know, just regular lump charcoal in there and or some wood. The other thing that's really nice about uh, lump charcoal, there's almost no ash left, almost none. Wow. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, I have to clean mine out. Well, mine was a, mine was a, a can I found when I bought the place, and then I would just get wood uh, that was on the property and throw it in yeah. there and uh, throw a grate over the top of it, you know, and then uh, shot some holes in the side with my rifle and uh, aired out pretty good. Yeah, there but you then go. One day I was looking at the side. Well, one day I was looking at the side and it said uh, 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 sodium cyanide. So oh, boy. I guess it was an old sodium cyanide drum, but I didn't notice that for about six months. I figured I had burnt it off by then. So hopefully, Probably. you know, no ill effects, yeah. though. Yeah. Um, hey, you uh, know, just, my, just, okay, my, just for a quick, quick aside, something that works yeah. kind of similar to the Big Green Egg, the only difference is it's not really well insulated like the Big Green Egg is. The Big Green Egg is really well insulated. It holds heat really well. But I, I will tell you the cheapest grill on the market that I can cook an absolutely perfect killer steak on. You know what it is? What is that? The Little no. Smoky Joe from Weber. Oh yeah, no, with the lid that comes on and off. Yeah, it, it, it's like a. Yeah, it looks. It's about the size of a basketball, I, maybe just a little bit bigger than a basketball, I, and it's really I, I round. I carried one around. I, I I carried one around in my in my uh, Freightliner in the side box for uh, the first two years, and uh, if I found a place where I could go ahead and throw the charcoal on there and and uh, cook, I, I sure did. I can yeah, cook great. a killer steak on a Smoky Joe with about a handful of charcoal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Didn't take much at all. Um, and then uh, one, okay, the uh, main reason for the call, and, and uh, I've got to pull out now, she was actually pretty quick, first efficient uh, oh, nice. thing I've had happen all week. Um, uh, skin tags and the correlation between that and um, diabetes. My brother's wife, who's a Polish immigrant, says that that's a direct correlation. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Uh, let me get some, uh, stop um, you say that, that there is a correlation? Absolutely. Now, sometimes okay. skin tags can, can, you can get more of them or they'll get bigger where you have irritation, like clothing rubbing against somebody's neck, collars. That's why I see people a lot of times with skin tags on their neck, under your arms, it's more likely to get one. Uh, it's possible to get one before you're like truly insulin resistant. So if you've got some from prior to when you were eating, right? I've heard a lot of people say their skin tags actually go away when they start eating, right? Interesting. Yeah, but Interesting. It, it, there is an I, I've absolute had, I've had them under my arm. correlation between skin tags and insulin resistance. Yes. Unbelievable. Because I've had them underneath my uh, arm for a long time. And uh, they seem to be getting bigger as opposed to smaller. And it's time for Tom to straighten up and fly right yep. like I used to be doing. Yep. And I appreciate your time very much. You're Kevin. welcome. And, Lord, thank you very much for all you do. All right. Okay. Thanks all right. for the Bye -bye. call. Great stuff. Thanks. Let's go to California. Lynn, welcome to the program. Kevin, hi. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I found oh. it 
welcome. Welcome to call you, I guess. Well, great to have you here. What's on your mind? Well, thank you. I, I can't believe I'm actually talking to you on the air. <laughs> you are. Um, I just got, yeah, yeah, I just got the Garmin watch. I know you talked about it for a long time. Congratulations. I finally was able to get it. I got a, I actually got $100 off at Flying J. Oh, good. And I decided, well, now's the time to get it. So I'm, I'm trying to figure this out because I've only had about a week and a half. Um, I've had mine about four years. I'm not sure if I've figured it out completely yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me look at, um, I got the Connect app on my phone. Now, I've been getting some weird readings on battery battery. Let's go over them. Last night I went to bed. It, I had a five last night on my body battery. My stress levels have been averaging around thirty to forty. Right now it says twenty-seven. So, so I suppose that's good, right? Well, what we look at at that stress number on the Connect Watch, what we're looking for there is your. That's totaling for the whole day. So that it's still right. early today. So that number is probably going to end up in the 30, 40 range by the end of the day. And that's actually kind of high. Mm-hmm. So if you're not seeing your oh, body okay. battery recover the way you'd like it to, it's because your stress levels are too high. Mm. Now, now, there's, what there's is intensity so, minutes. Uh, don't even Go think ahead. about it. Just ignore that. Don't even worry about that yet. Oh, all, okay. all that's doing is okay. it's looking for, based on your age and a couple other things, it's looking for how long did you get your heart rate up into what's considered intense. So if you went out and did wind sprints, oh. um, you would see intense minutes then. If you don't have any intensity okay. minutes for the day, you just never got, you didn't do enough exertion to get your heart rate up over a certain number. That's what that's looking at. Um. Okay. Now, there's another number that yeah. you won't find on the phone app. You actually only see this number on the watch. So if you've got your watch on right What's now, it? and if you do the yeah. left, well, wait a minute. How would I? Yeah. If you're looking at the watch, it would be the left side of the watch. If you're reading the numbers, I, I had to figure out which hand you might have it on. But it doesn't matter. If you're looking at the watch, it's on the left bottom. It should mm-hmm. be marked down. Click okay. that once and yep. tell me what you okay. see. It goes to break planning off. Okay. Click it again. And it says, oh, is a little heart symbol in the circle on the right. And it should and say it heart, heart rate. rate. Perfect. What is it? Just out of yes. curiosity. 82. Okay. So that's your resting heart rate. If you've been resting, if you were just out walking around or doing something, you know, that would exert you, then that's not your resting heart rate. So click it again. What do you see? Now it's uh, body battery underneath it. Ooh, got 36 all the way to the left. That's the number we're looking for. 33 minus. Yeah. So last night your body battery went up by 33 while you were sleeping and it's 36 now. That's actually low. I mean, this we our goal is to get okay. to 100 every morning. I wish I could hit right. it just once. I haven't hit it in a long time. Uh, I just work too much. I'll, I don't, can't get mine right. up there. Click it I, again. I remember, saying, yeah, I remember you say? saying that. Yeah. Um, steps. Right now I'm at 3,603 steps. Okay. Click it again. Tell me what you see. Sleep eight point eight hours five minutes. Nice job. Uh, click it again. Tell me what you see. Oh, thank you. Uh, health and snapshot. Whatever the hell that is. Uh, click it again. 
address. Okay. That's the number I was looking for. What's the number right now? Okay. 39. Okay. What that is telling you, and you can only find that on the watch, that is not on the app anywhere, because it's reading your stress in real time right now. Zero to a hundred. The lower the number, the better. Right. This is the metric that I used okay. to develop the, the stress protocol. I, I, I used this right. number a thousand times or more because it's telling me what, what if I do the cold shower, what's going to happen to my stress? I can tell you, coach, through the roof, it'll go to a hundred. Right. Um, right. when I, okay. when I work out hard using the X3 bar, what happens? My stress goes to a hundred. When I'm in the sauna, the hot sauna, my stress goes through the roof. The, weird, the interesting one to watch is watch that stress while you're doing the Wim Hof breathing. That is interesting. While you're breathing hard, oh. the stress level goes up. Right. When you hold your breath, my stress level drops to almost nothing. Okay. Uh Right, so that would change your intensity minutes too, right? uh, No. Kind of? No. If you get stressed enough that your heart rate goes into the intensity zone, we've got problems. That would be a lot of stress. So just because my stress rate goes up does not necessarily mean my heart rate's going to go up all that much. It might, and it'll go up some. Right. We're not worried about heart rate. I almost never use heart rate. I do use heart rate variability, which will be HRV. And if we keep clicking, you'll probably yeah. see it. I, well, on my phone, it shows it, but it, it shows no status yet because I haven't had it long enough. You got to wear it long enough. Oh, you also have to wear it all night. If you don't wear your watch at night, you'll yeah. never get HRV. Right. So this stress... Oh, it says- that you see on your watch, that is the most important number I think I look at. That and your HRV. Okay. So here's the thing. It says overnight average is 31. For your HRV? Okay. So we we are getting a reading. That's low. But that's where most people are until they start working on their stress. Your HRV is low because of your stress levels. So when you start working on the stress protocol... This instant stress number will tend to go down. The HRV will tend to go up. And that's the pattern we want to see. Okay. You know, I, I, I did your stress, stress protocol somewhat over the past couple of years. I know you you were working on it. And I, I, I do the, the cold shower exposure every, day, every time I take a shower. So do the start, breathing. start watching that. Put your watch on stre- on that stress reading and watch it while you're doing the cold showers. It's pretty interesting. Okay. No, normally I take my watch off when I'm in the shower, but I guess I'll, I'll leave okay. it on. No, I guess. no reason to. It's completely waterproof. Mine, I, mine never comes off. I'm just worried about getting soap on and stuff. Doesn't bother mine. Yeah. I don't use a whole lot of soap okay. anyway, so. Right. Well, I use uh, I use a special bar. It's about goat milk soap of some sort. Perfect. I found it at a Wegman store. They sell it like yep. eight dollars a freaking bar. I know, I know it yep. is, but it's really good for you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh, about a, about a year and a half ago, I had my first blood test with Doctor Wilson. Oh, good. You know the one where you I, I had to order it online. I paid like 447 if I recall. It was the, the dollar. 
which was no big deal to me. I didn't care. And and they they I, I had to consult with uh, I can't, can't think of her name. She called me back. Well, anyways, speed it up here. Um, I'm going to see Dr. Wilson next Monday. I have an appointment in Phoenix to get an, uh, another blood draw. Okay. Um, I, I see. I live in. I'm out in New York State. I live in Buffalo area, and and for some reason in New York State we can't get those phlebotomist tests done. You you cannot do it in New York State legally. The phlebotomist <laughs> can't come into New York State to draw your blood. Unbelievable. I know it's stupid. So I have to do it on the road, and it's really hard to get a phlebotomist to do a, a, a on a blood test over the weekend while I'm on a reset because, well, we got a two, two week backup. I can't do it. Right. So I, I'm, I'm out West on a milk run right now. What well, my company calls a milk run. Um, and I'm on my way towards Phoenix. I'll be in Phoenix next weekend doing a reset next Monday. I have a pickup in uh, the suburb of Phoenix and I got an appointment with them at 11 o'clock next Monday. I can't wait to see them. I, I don't know Good. if I'll actually see Dr. Wilson, but, but I'll see somebody there. Right, right. Yeah, I'm excited to get my second blood work done through him. and I want to compare it to the last one. Absolutely. And, and see, hopefully it's gotten better, not worse. I'm pretty sure it I, has. I eat well, really clean. Yeah, well, th- then it'll get better. Yeah. So make sure you call us and give us the results. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that, definitely. I'll go over both of them with you. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I've been eating. I clean. I I get all my meat from U.S. Wellness Meats. I I've been doing your yogurt for over a year. Outstanding. I've been uh, uh, buying. I haven't made my own sauerkraut, but I do buy really good brands of fermented sauerkraut on the road. Excellent, excellent, Lauren. I think we've got an overachiever here. And I did do a. Speaking of Lauren, I did do a, um, a NutriCue with her. It was probably about two years ago. Fantastic. And I, I've never called back for another one since. But, yeah, I mean, I, I feel really good, especially after switching to that um, Four Sigmatic coffee. Isn't that stuff incredible? Oh, I know. I eat it. I have it every morning. I almost said I eat it every morning. <laughs> I drink it every morning. And I add that stuff, that uh, creamer, and that elixir powder to it every morning, along with yeah. coconut oil, yeah, and and collagen and Perfect. the uh, light balance. Yep. And I, I feel so energized every morning. I love that. I love that. Hey, I'm I'm glad you brought you that know? up. I'm gonna cut you loose. Uh, I almost forgot. I don't think I've mentioned this. Uh, Lauren, you know, I was doing the the chill decaf uh, for a while, right? The the uh, functional coffee from Four Sigmatic. Yeah. So I I felt like I could really tell the difference in my nervous system. It really quieted down and, and it was incredible. The results took a couple weeks and I really started to feel it. And then I kept doing it for pr- probably about two months. I've now switched. I'm now doing the caffeinated think uh, Four Sigmatic coffee in the morning. Boy, I like that stuff. Huh? Especially on a Wednesday. Yeah, especially on a Wednesday. My brain really likes that stuff. It's kind of like brain octane. I can feel the difference. Yeah. 
that lion's mane. It's amazing it what that does. It really is. I know. My brain really functions well on that. So, And I, I'm, I can't remember when I ever used, it's been a long, long time since I've used pre-ground coffee. I would just, I'd like to get the beans, grind them myself. I was a little leery of this coffee. I don't know what they did. This is some of the best coffee I've ever had. And it's pre-ground. I'm, I, I you know, not a coffee snob or anything, but I, I do like fresh beans and grinding my own. With this, I don't need to. It's really, really good coffee. Maybe it's the mushrooms in there making it taste so good. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I, uh, I'm i doing the one with the the calm, with the rishi. The ch- oh, yeah, it's calm now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that. I can feel the difference with that, too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. My re- my HRV is always better when I do that. So you know what I think I might do? I think I'll try this this week. Since we have them both, um, Lisa does the chill or the calm with Rishi every morning, and she hasn't done caffeine in months and months and months, which is awesome. I mean, she does fantastic with no caffeine. Yeah, she loves it, and the chill has really helped her a lot. I think what I'm going to do now that I've really experimented with both and, and I like the results, I think Monday through Friday I'll do the think caffeinated, and every Saturday and Sunday on the weekends I'll do the calm with no caffeine. I think that'll be a nice schedule. Yeah, that is good. And every once in a while I'll do a, um, what do they call it, a half-calf? So oh, yeah. Yep. I um typically do an espresso and so I'll do half of it with the calm decaf and I'll do another half which is you know a regular you know regular caffeinated and it's good one of their at least one of their coffees I just saw it the other day but I can't remember which one it was is a half calf oh it is they they look yeah they have a half calf I don't know if we have it in our store I'd have to go look again or I may have been on their site when I saw it I don't remember but I was shocked. I saw a half-calf on there. They have it. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to check on that. Let's uh, let's grab another call. Let's go to Indiana. Mike, welcome. Good morning. Hey, uh, the other day I was talking to you, and I said that I'd seen Dr. Wilson this, uh, this winter, and he was talking about you and stuff. And uh, one of the other things that he, he said was that you called him and said you had a from a trucker friend that was at stage four cancer, but he, I didn't get into it, didn't ask anybody any more questions. He was pretty upset. Well, Monday I put two and two together and I figured out and I had a conversation with that guy for about 30 minutes. And, you know, he's, he's actually doing pretty good now. I, I need to reach out to him. I, um, yeah. And, and I haven't talked about it on the air because I never got a chance to talk to him and, and see how yeah. he felt about he, all that. He doesn't want anything. I, 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 that's, yeah, he doesn't want anything out, you know, know. but, but, uh, I was actually presently surprised for a skinny guy or there, no weight loss, you know, he's running around like always does. I know, I know, but, uh, Um, he he looked fairly good and, and in his mind, as far as, you know, not worrying about anything, you know, just like doesn't even bother him. You know, and I, 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 I know, and I, I didn't want to make an issue about this because it is somebody, you know, and but without getting into a long story, uh, the first question I asked, and I thought I was going to know the answer, I was actually shocked by it, and and there's a reason, and I, I can't get into it. He he was jabbed. Yeah, yeah, 
I didn't ask him, but I kind of figured I, I was. I, I, which kind of surprised me. Well, it, there's a. It, we talked it, about there, the shingles one time, and he was like, "No, he ain't taking that." You there, know, there's a story behind but, it, uh, and it, it's. But I, I, I didn't think so either. So I almost didn't ask. I, I thought, "Oh no, I'm." Yeah. I, I asked, and yeah, sure enough, there was a story. So. <sighs> I, I don't even know what to it say about this anymore. It's kind of like devastating when you find out. It is. Yeah, I know. it's kind of devastating when you found out. Absolutely Cause, devastating, cause, yeah. Uh, I had a, I had time to spend with him in Indianapolis, and, and him and I sat down, God, probably for a couple hours, just talked about life and stuff, and I'll never forget that conversation with him, you know? He is and a so, he is a top-notch but, uh, human being. He really is. Yes, he is. I'm telling you. But anyway, it was good seeing him and stuff, and I like to see how upbeat he was, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, hey, uh, I get to laughing every time I'm, you know, I don't watch Fox News too much anymore, other maybe Jesse, but on that channel, they have a commercial that comes on there, you know, and it's got a website called bentcarrot.com. <laughs> <laughs> I get to laughing every time I see that commercial, you know. Payroni's pay disease. And then you change the channel, and <laughs> yeah, bending your boner thing, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I get my wife wonders why I'm laughing, and I'll change, change the channel, and uh, there's yeah. five more commercials about it, and I mean it's on every channel, and then satellite radio, and I'm, I'm like. Is there that many guys in first world countries that can afford to buy that just to pay for the advertisement, not a lot, let alone the... It must be a uh, fairly uh, big problem. Yeah, I was a little shocked about this. Lauren, I, mean, uh, I, God. I, I talked about this a little bit in the past, but I don't know. Lauren, have you ever been on when I've talked about this? Hello? Mm, oh. I don't know. I'm so, back. So it's... And- it, it's called Peyronie's disease, and the website really is bentcarrot.com. And Peyronie's disease causes a, a bend in a man's erection. Really? And it's caused by, like, scar tissue almost. So the, the tissue starts to scar and then starts to deform. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's um, there are surgical uh, solutions, which sounds awful. Um, and then there's this drug. But oh my God, you listen to the side effects of this drug: necrosis <laughs> of the tissue. That the the tissue's gonna die. Your oh. wang, your wanger could fall off. Oh. It, it's yeah. You've got it, and then after each treatment, I don't hear all the details. You can't have any kind of sex for like three months or something, and you go through multiple rounds of this treatment over time. Oh my god! Yeah, it sounds awful. Sound and, you gotta, and, you gotta, and while you're doing it, you got to exercise the oh, that's the right. unit. That's right. Yeah, you have to do physical <laughs> therapy with your wanger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I get the laughing. I mean, I just can't. But I can't imagine that the money that they put into this thing. I mean, it's every 15 minutes that thing's on primetime television. Which tells you there must be an awful lot of people out there with this condition. It's pretty scary. 
God, I, I that or they're charging you know twenty thousand yeah. dollars a session for it or something. Yeah, it, it's, it, a, it's amazing. It, it, honestly, after I heard yeah. everything you have to go through, I think I might just remain celibate instead. It would be easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I got I got another funny story. You know, we got to Arizona and this earlier. We we had bought a house in one of these RVs slash you know, RV parks, yeah, motorhome parks, that neck lot over and stuff. And so anyway, we have, there was a lot of block parties and things like that, everybody getting together. And then all of a sudden, everybody, everybody gets COVID. And, you know, it's all <laughs> people 65 and up. And, right. And, you know, these people are, they don't believe in the regular. So, you know, it's, it's like, could be a death sentence all those people out there you know yeah and oh it's just like a desert now because everybody in the park has got covid including my wife and she said and so i came down with a little cold so she said you need to stay isolated for me you know and and you need to you need to test and i was like oh all right well the motorhome's right block next door i'll just stay in the motorhome and took my dog trucking with me and Anyway, I go over there and I take a test, and sure enough, I test positive. But you know, I had a little bit of a cold, not bad, but I didn't. Nothing stopped me. I wouldn't have known it if I got tested, right? Everybody else is down and out. You'll see them out on their patios. And I'm like, if everybody's <laughs> got it, why isn't everybody still together? You know, exactly. But right. They're feeling bad, you know, and they 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 blow it up like you know they're going to die and all that stuff out there, you know. So I tested positive. I'm like, man, I don't want to stay isolated. Shit. I got to thinking, so I took another test, and it's kind of funny. So I just kind of dabbed that on my dog's nose, <laughs> swab, did the test, and it came back negative. I went, oh, I tested negative. <laughs> I just went about doing my business, you know. <laughs> Oh, man. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. So everybody was stuck in their houses. I'm on my bike riding all over the place, and everybody's wondering, how did you not catch it? I don't know. Must be pretty healthy. You know, um, last last week, um, Lisa wasn't feeling good. And that, that's unusual. I mean, sometimes we don't feel good just because both of us work so much, and sometimes we work too much, and then we don't sleep good. And I don't sleep good, so I interrupt her sleep. She doesn't sleep good, so she interrupts mine. Diesel lays on both of us, so sleep around here is just just an issue. But most of the time, we do just fine. But she was really feeling, you know, pretty run down. Uh, enough so, and oh, no, I remember what it was. She was feeling a little run down, didn't think it was a big deal, and then she lost all of her taste. And she said, I guess I should just t- take the test and see. She, took, she had to test three times. Two of the three were positive. The next day, she was fine. She woke up the next day. She said, oh, I, don't yeah. feel, I don't feel bad at all. And I said, here's what happened. You got it. You, you were exposed to whatever this is. I, you know, it, there's, there is something here, a virus, whatever it is. You were exposed to it and your immune system beat it. This, this is the way it should work. Hey, I've, I've said yeah. if, if, if we if this was 75 years ago, we probably wouldn't have known COVID even existed. Everybody would have thought they just had a cold. Yeah. Yeah. I tested three days later and I actually showed negative. But, you know, I didn't tell anybody because because if I don't test it positive and been outside, those those people, you yeah, know, they lose so, their mind. Yeah. I don't They lose their mind and call the cops on I me, mean, yeah. you know, have me. Thrown in jail, isolated or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. So anyway, but that's all I got. I just thought maybe you'd find that comical about that 
Oh yeah. Drug companies. Yeah. That's so. hilarious. All right. All right. Well, we'll talk to you later. Good, yeah. good stuff. Bye. Thanks for the call. All right. Looks like we've got another one. Oh, I thought we did. Nope. I thought there was one in the queue. It looks like it just disappeared. Maybe I just refreshed. So, um, we're just, we're just about out of time anyway. Um, we will wrap this up at, what time did I schedule the, is it 11.15 today on Twitter? Uh, I think it's usually 2.15 my time. That I mean, 30. So was that 11.30 your time? I, That's think, I, start, I think I switched it to 11.15 just because I don't, I mean, 15 okay. minutes is plenty. Let me double check though, because I'm terrible at scheduling stuff. I need to turn this over to somebody else, but right now I just can't because I have too much weird stuff going on. Um, 11.15. Yep. I moved it back. Okay, I didn't perfect. need a 30-minute break. I was just sitting around waiting to get started again, so um, I pushed it back. So uh, just about a half hour or so. Uh, so it looks like I'm still going to get a 30-minute break. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll wrap this up. We'll be back on Twitter. It really is a free for all. I think we'll just kind of continue on with what we're talking about. Fermenting, you know, fermented carnivore, that kind of stuff. And normally so far on all the spaces, it usually goes off on all kinds of tangents anyway, which is fine. Which is fine. Yeah. We tend to get a lot of newer people, uh, in the space that haven't heard a lot of this. So Sometimes we end up going back to some real basics or we get off on weird topics, which is fine. Uh, anything you want yeah. to close with? No, I think that's what the whole Twitter space is really for, right? Just to kind of yeah, it's let just a, a conversation it's, develop and it, see where it goes. Yeah, it would be like all of us hanging out in the same room just talking. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, the, the kind of like what that. we're we're shooting for on that. That's why as soon as somebody requests to speak, even if I already have three speakers ahead of them, I just bring them in and open their mic. And I just tell them, look, sit there. If you want to talk, just jump in like you would in a conversation. Yeah, exactly. I, I want because awesome. it, it, it's a whole different vibe. You get, you know, different results. So I, I like it. I, I'm still getting complaints. People think I'm spending too much time on Twitter. The funny thing is, I didn't take away anything. It's not like I'm doing less time yeah. here. I, I'm just doing more time. That's so cool. it, it, I haven't taken anything away from anybody. But some people absolutely hate the whole Twitter idea. They send me messages all the time. They don't want me on Twitter. Why am Mm -hmm. I doing that? I I, I don't know why it bothers them. I I haven't taken anything (laughs) away. Just don't listen on Twitter then if you don't want to. Um, I love the format. Yeah, there you go. So, and, you know, we we are working on some technology that would separate us even more from Twitter, but still be able to do this kind of thing. So... There's a lot of stuff in progress. But here's what I want to say before we go. You have 35 minutes, Lauren. What are you going to do with that time? <laughs> yeah. I'm going, oh, you know yes. what I'm going to do. Yes. I'm going to start my fermentation yes, process. Yes, you are. And I will have an update on Twitter. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right. Go get busy. All right. All right. See you <laughs> in a little you bit. Soon. All right. We are wrapping this up. We'll see you back here tomorrow. David Owen from Nastic will be joining me. That should be fun. We'll see you then. Uh, Come on over and join us on Twitter if you want. If you don't want, don't. It's no big deal. We will uh, see you in a little bit. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always. 
do the hard work and master the journey.